I've been waiting for half of my life for you to wake up and love me. Having loved you for half a lifetime, I realized when you left that I had made a bad choice doing that. And now it's gotten even trickier because if... When you were playing in pubs, we were the perfect match, but now... Ugh, I'm an actual school teacher, an actual low stuff, and you're the world's greatest podcast. <laughs> that is not what I thought you were going to go for. Yeah, I mean, the other one I was thinking about doing was most of the quotes on this page are like five sentence exchanges with a lot of back and forth. You could have done Sheeran where I, he's like, I'm Salieri or whatever. Yeah, his big like, moment. How do I change that? That line is, know. that line is so strange seeing written out like this. Cause it's just, uh, uh, I'm definitely Salieri and you're a Mozart mate night Jack. Yeah. All right, fine. Uh, no, the other one I was thinking about was, uh, 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 a world without the podcast is a world that's infinitely worse. Mm. There you go. But it felt wrong. No, I like that. I mm. like that. Let him know. You gotta okay. let him know. It felt like do the do the Richard Curtis speech. Yeah, the closest uh, this movie that gets is to infuriating in this movie. It is. Where you're just like, well, what the fuck? Why haven't you? Whatever. We're gonna look, talk, We'll talk about. Look, that. look. This is this is quietly a very divisive movie wow and david you this and is I, news to me by the way this is the thing uh you and i had our our reactions to seeing this film in theater that i think were similarly uh agitated frustrated befuddled i we can i can talk about my experience and i'm sure you we'll can talk get about into yours. it sure sure um our our guest today we will introduce in a moment long overdue on the show longer sent a list probably of almost a year ahead of scheduling to go, you know what? We need to rectify this. We need to we get you on the show. We gotta book you again already. We already Absolutely. have to be booking you already. Uh, something new. We're at yeah. a deficit. We're behind. Exactly. We're in the hole, okay? And basically, we presented the list to him, and this was the furthest episode out. True. But he said, I have to admit, I kind of love yesterday. And you and I said to each other, no one else is going to want to do the yesterday episode. Give it to him immediately. Just yeah. Lock it so in. surprising. It didn't <laughs> feel like, and, and correctly, it wasn't really that up. There were a couple people who spoke up for well, it. Well, this yeah. is what's surprising. Right, I'm there saying, is a bit of We a locked it club. in so early because yeah, yeah, yeah. we gave him like first crack at a long list of things ahead of us. And then in the time since we locked you in, and we never considered letting anyone else do it. It no. was yours. Sounds first. like maybe a little. No, but like. No, no, no. But like several people did other actually ask friends for it. of the mm. show, past and future guests, they were like, "Who are you calling yesterday?" I would love to do. By the way, I'd love to do yesterday. Kind of, kind of, I kind of like yesterday. You're gonna have like, to get me in a group chat with all these. I've people had in-person conversations where people are like, "You guys aren't just gonna shit on yesterday, right? You have someone who's gonna come on and fight for yesterday." I don't want to shit on this movie. I don't. Either. I just it's very compl complicated. I'm I'm fascinated by it. I'm fascinated by these reactions to this movie because my reaction to it is so uncomplicated. And we'll we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Great. Listen, this is Blank Check with Griffin and David. I'm Griffin. I'm David. It's a podcast about filmographies. Directors experience massive success early on in their careers and are yeah. given a series of blank checks to make whatever crazy passion projects they want. Sometimes those checks clear. Sometimes they bounce. Baby. Uh, that's all true. What is this? This isn't really a bounce. This was a hit. It made money. This was a hit. Yeah, like not only that, not, was not critically well received, really. No, but but, but it, it made money. It made money. It was a hit. It was his most successful movie since, since Slumdog, Slumdog yeah, by it, a good mile. It, sim it cost thirty, and it made like a hundred and fifty worldwide or whatever. Yeah, like yeah, healthy. Yeah, healthy. 
Hell, and you're like, this is a movie that will sell in fucking supermarket spinner rack DVD selection for the next decade. I'm sure this thing does well on streaming. I'm sure it gets good play on cable. Like, this is a movie that will be wildly profitable for a decade plus for everyone involved. It is his most recent film as of the time of our recording, at the time of this miniseries. Yeah. He has not made a film since. He's done another season of an FX show. I didn't he even did know two that. shows. He's done two shows. Trust since happened before this. Am I wrong? I think you, well, actually, I can't remember. Let's find out. I believe Trust was 18. You're right. So, yeah. So, Trust, then this, and then Pistol. Pistol. Yes. Which uh, he directed. I didn't realize. Trust, he directs like the first three or four. Pistol, he did all six. Pistol, he did the whole thing. Yeah. Basically, like a little mini movie. And yes. we, we're going to cover it. In opposite world. Yep, never happening. I will say, I tried watching the first episode, and I was not grabbed by it. Yeah. Uh, Craig Pierce wrote it, who is uh, one of uh, Baz Luhrmann's yeah, key had a collaborators. Cool cast. You know, I had a lot of big... Yeah, I and know. I was watching it, and it's like, yeah, I would totally be into watching Danny Boyle make a two-hour movie about this. I do not need to watch the six-hour version. Uh, but yeah. that's modern TV problem. Anyway, it is. It is. this is the most recent film. It is called... Yesterday. Yesterday. This miniseries is called, of course, Trains Podcasting. I keep on thinking it's Salute. called Pod Million Cast, it's but not. it's not. That's what it is in Opposite World. Sure. That's and our, true. our guest today, Beyond Overdue. Beyond Overdue. It is shameful that in the time it has taken us to get him on the show, he has rightfully ascended to the mountain of the greatest guest in comedy podcasting. <laughs> I feel like he's had a, a run over the last year of just nothing but net. And that run stops now. <laughs> no. <laughs> You're running into a wall. I'm going no. to grind this episode into the ground. Fine. No, Why absolutely not? not. No, this is going to be great. From Succession. Succession? I'm leading with that. Okay. Because it's a great appearance. Yeah. Factual. But, but probably, most famously, from Severance. From uh, Shang-Chi and the Spider-Man Homecoming? Yeah. Yep. Accurate. And, and I'm have, just trying to do your credits off the top of my head. Have we uh, ever established if they are the same character? We we haven't, and yeah. I have no okay. further knowledge. About I try that. to ask you. you no like, one like came in and was like, "Hey, by the way, you're playing the same." Every two no. months, I try to ask you: Is there any clarity? No, I've received okay. no additional Great. clarity, and I had none from the beginning. The great Zach Cherry is here. Long overdue. First time guest. Hello. Hi. Hi, Zach. Hi. I'm very excited to be here. Very excited to talk about this movie. You know, I, that that's all I got so far. Now, okay, among cool. among your credits, Zach, among your your honorifics, your titles, mm -hmm. okay. Uh, right before we were recording, you said to me, uh, uh, "My wife wanted to make sure I told you to to tell your dad she says hi." And yes. Ben says, "How does your wife know Griffin's dad?" And I said, "Save it for Mike." And the story is, we knew each other through UCB through comedy. I'd say we were like friends of friends. Mm -hmm. We would sometimes get on the same show. We were friendly. We didn't know each other very well, right? Sure, yeah. I think it was in 2019, the year of yesterday itself, that fateful year, we book you to be a guest on the New York Comic Con George Lucas talk show panel, mm -hmm. which has now become a tradition. Yes. You've now done every year, I think, since then. Yes. Uh, my dad... Uh, who usually doesn't want to be caught dead in association with this stuff and was pointedly not coming to see the George Lucas talk show, <laughs> I think had a, a former student who had a different panel at New York Comic Con and was going to that. And you, Patrick Kotner, Connor Ratliff, and I were in the Jacob Javits Center food court waiting for our panel to start. 
we used to get the worst time slot, which was our panel would be one hour after the Javits Center closed, basically. <laughs> yes, like right at the end of the night. And we're talking, and you start telling me, like, you know, I'm going off. You were about to go shoot a Quibi in Vancouver? Yeah, that sounds right. That I think that matches up timeline-wise. And you said to me, you know, I'm a little embarrassed to say this, but I, I'm, I'm a blankie, and I said you should be embarrassed. That's an embarrassing thing to admit in public. <laughs> and you said, but I'm really stressed out because Gemini Man's about to come out. And I'm going to film in Vancouver, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to see it in a high frame rate. Oh, yeah. sure. And you Were and I, you? I think I was able to see it not in the highest frame but rate. But in something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. So we're having this conversation, and I'm like, Zach, I had no idea you listened. You're, you're deep in on this shit. We should have you on the show. This is certainly a thing that won't take four years to correct, right? <laughs> yeah. So well, you and I things are, like, happen in between. <laughs> bonding over this, right? And then my dad walks up. And I was like, hey, I don't know if you're my dad, Connor, you've never met before. Hi, nice to meet you, Patrick. And then I go to my dad and I go, uh, dad, this is. And then he <laughs> oh, truly yeah. falls to his knees. I had forgotten. <laughs> and starts bowing, Ben. And Zach goes, what's you're happening? You're saying literally. Yes. Literally, yes. Literally. And I didn't put this in, together. In the food court. Right. And I went, <laughs> oh, Zach, I should explain. I forgot but you are my dad's number one favorite actor. <laughs> my dad had seen Zach in an Ask Cat show where I did monologues and for weeks was like, I can't get over that guy. That guy was the best. That guy, Zach Cherry, he's unbelievable. What does he do? And I was like, he's great. He's great. He's one of the best in the city. Anytime Zach, and this was when your career was starting off, but you weren't, you know, booking series yeah. regular TV show jobs. Anytime Zach would show up in a commercial, yeah. my dad would like take a photo of the TV screen, <laughs> send me an email, subject heading, all caps, my guy. <laughs> my guy. This is so funny, too, because my dad had this reaction to Sebastian Canelli oh, at, a, at wow. an Ask Cat show. Yeah. And will not stop talking about him. Yeah. So, you know, I'm familiar with the dad having a guy uh, genre. My dad was genuinely starstruck. Like, couldn't. How did you not tell me? And now just keeps up with everything Zach does. Weirdly, has not watched Severance. Well. <laughs> I keep on, you know Zach's like a series regular on a show that everyone like. Yeah, 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 no, I gotta watch that. I gotta watch yeah, that. Yeah, that's a good one. But I saw him in the in the in the commercial. Right. Yeah. Uh yeah. Big, biggest, biggest fan. Uh sent you an uh, email to congratulate on your wedding. He was supposed to come to your wedding, got caught in traffic and yes. had a panic attack. That's a, that's my wife's connection to your dad is yes. She knew she knew that he was going to come to our wedding. Yeah, um, and was excited to meet him, but but did not get the chance. It will happen. That is sad. Yeah, he's yeah. going to take you to dinner at some point. Yes, right. uh, but looking yeah, forward to it. My father, number one Zach Cherry fan, his favorite living actor. Oh, I'm a, I'm a big fan. <laughs> it's too. a great. No, it's a good taste. Good taste. Yeah, good taste, I mean, I taste. I appreciate it. Yeah. You know, it's great. I love getting when you update me on on if he's seen something else. Um, I usually get a little report about his reaction to it. I love getting them. You have the series of commercials. I'm forgetting which food delivery service it is. Uber Eats. Uber Eats. That's right. He loved it. He absolutely Yeah, they loved were fun. It, it was yeah. fun. Um, Zach. Yesterday. 2019. Do you see this movie in theaters? No. No. Uh, and also bigger, like Danny Boyle in general. Like pro neutral. You texted me the other day. Yes. So I am. I've been listening to the to the series mm -hmm. of trains podcasting. Correct. Um, and it was kind of the first time I even put together that all these movies were Danny Boyle movies because he's got quite a varied. He does, which filmography. is part of the joy, of course. Yeah, yes, it, it's great. So I I'm a big Twenty Eight Days Later fan. Mm. 
tried to rewatch it when Impossible? your episode came out, but it's not streaming anywhere for some reason. I would have I would have sent you um, a special file if I'll, you had just asked me. I'll, I'll get back to it at yeah, some yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I was a big Sunshine fan when I finally saw that. I, I saw that much much later than mm-hmm. it came out. Um, sure. Love Slumdog Millionaire. You know, so I I am a I'm a Boyle guy. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie I did not see in theaters. I I have an interesting relationship with this movie, which yeah. is. I did I, there, it, like nothing about this movie seems like it would be for me. I'm not mm-hmm. a Beatles fan. Sure. I don't like musicals. Mm-hmm. I tend to not love sort of like uh, I don't know what you'd even call them, just like pleasant comedies. Like, maybe. Are, you're not you're, really like a Richard Curtis guy. No, I mean I do like Love Actually, or at least I you know I went through a phase of sure, of sure, really sure, enjoying sure. that. But but yeah, I tip, almost everything about this movie is like a red flag for my taste in general i'm on a plane okay this is i didn't want to leave i mean i had a feeling yeah this is the other we were talking about this movie making money we're not even counting plane dollars yep. this thing must have cleaned up on delta you expected this to be a plane movie i, I just kind of had a feeling and also you're an actor actors are often traveling to sure, yes so i turn it on yeah and i loved it so much I became obsessed with the Beatles for like a month after this. Wow, this movie is like the this thing is your that entree to this the movie Beatles. got me into the Beatles. Wow. I watched the Peter Jackson documentary after because sure. I think I only watched it maybe a year and a half ago. This okay. movie, okay. Um, and I was a little nervous because I hadn't seen it since then. Yeah, when, and, and right, I knew like, I was going to come on and talk about it. And I was like, I'm a little it's nervous. I won't you. like it as yeah. much. Yeah. I might have just been in a weird place. Yeah, there's something about a good plane movie where you're just like, me and this movie yes. are friends. This movie yeah. is helping me through this. Right. Like, we're going to be friends forever. It was sort of like your puppy patrol. Um, yeah. Paw, yeah. Patrol. Paw Patrol. Or Paw Patrol, sorry. Yeah, well, it was like my puppy patrol or my Paw Patrol. You know the story that Ben started crying hysterically watching <laughs> Paw Patrol over the shoulder of a small boy without <laughs> audio. I do not. I, I miss that one. The opening is so strong, Zach. Wow. There's this turtle crossing the road, and this guy swerves out of the way, and the he truck's doesn't want hanging to the over the edge. And then the Paw Patrol shows up and saves the day. This is an animated film? Ben's, Correct. Yes. Ben Correct. and his wife were on a play. His wife. Whoa. Ben and his girlfriend. Oh, boy you've got to bleep that out we're on a plane and she looks over and ben is sobbing hysterically and he is looking uh, at the opening of paw patrol in the crack between the two wow. seats in front of him being watched by a little yeah. boy with headphones on so ben's hearing no audio and the plane had not taken off yet that's me. about the highest praise a movie can get yeah 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 it's the visual filmmaking <laughs> on true. display must but have been incredible like- Right, that's like pure Soviet montage level. Yeah. It's yeah. just like, yeah. But I've had to, I, when I fly, I will often text David movie opinions where I'm like, hmm, does the spy who dumped me secretly rip? <laughs> and I'm like, what's the, the, the plane movie bell curve? It can do strange things. I yeah. usually, I'm usually a rewatcher on planes. Right, because I'm you usually want like comfort. a comfort, exactly. Yeah, same. Absolutely. I know I'm probably going to fall asleep. So yeah. like, I'll turn on like a John Wick or mm. whatever, just, you know. Kind of movies I've seen a million times. And by the way, also, sometimes I'm on a plane. I'm like, oh, I've been meaning to see this. I should watch this. And I put it on. Ten minutes, I'm like, it's not bad, but it's not a plane movie. Yes. This yeah. is not the right way to watch it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, I don't, and I don't even remember what inspired me to turn it on. Maybe mm-hmm. I had, like, 
I, I honestly cannot remember. I would say this is a classic plane movie in that it's the kind of movie you are going to get around to. Yes. Maybe you're not thinking like, well, I got to be there opening weekend. But you're sort of like, well, I like Danny Boyle. And also, I don't even know if I knew it was Danny Boyle. I That's truly, true. It doesn't really lead with that. I truly have no idea why I turned it on. But I think if it's a movie, I think if you ever saw the trailer for this movie. I did. You ever read a review. You I ever saw the trailer talk- for this movie 400 times. Exactly. They really pushed the trailer for this This is movie. a movie where if you were aware of it when it was coming out, you know what the premise is. You're not sitting on a plane two years later going, what is that thing again? You go, oh, that's the movie where everyone forgets about the Beatles. Right. It's yes. such a weird concept for a movie. It's going to jump out on a plane movie selection. But when the trailer came out, I remember having a very strong not for me reaction to mm-hmm. it. I was like, Totally uninterested. Again, didn't care about the Beatles. Not a musical person. So may, I think I must have heard someone say they enjoyed it, like a friend of mine or something. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, I rewatched it to to today to talk about it. I was nervous going in, and it hit exactly as hard wow. as it did the first time. I love this movie. Literally every element of this movie works for me. Um, it somehow in retrospect, feels like a movie that was made for me, even though none of the pieces of it are things that I normally like about movies. What, is there, yeah, is there like a comp? Is there like another movie you love? Ooh, good question. That you feel this way about where you're like, oh yeah, made for me. I just, I just, I'm yeah. so locked in with this. I will, you can I'll, think about I'll, it. I have to think about Even though that. on paper, it's not playing into your, yeah, your, your, your this is a great love. question yeah. and I, I, I will okay. arrive at one by the end, yeah. of, yes. by the end okay. of the pod. All right, Ben, had you seen yesterday before this? No, I had never seen it. Right now, I assume you skipped it just out of disinterest. No, I, all right. Well, oh, oh and now, okay, well, okay, okay, all okay. right, go ahead. All right, I kind of liked it. I, I mean, I mean, kind of, I kind of enjoyed it. I really, I, you enjoyed it, it this me. Time. I did. Okay, Let's so all right, go. Now, let, a little I have bit. to say, but not surprised. I had a feeling this was going to happen. Yeah. Okay, so it's a two against two situation, <laughs> David. Now, well, I, but I'm not going to. Okay, look, I saw this film at its world premiere. At wow. the Tribeca Film Festival. Okay. I saw it the first time I'd ever screened for yes. public audiences. Yeah. Partly, I think, because the studio was like, I don't know, just come to the fucking Tribeca premiere. Right. We're not, who cares? I mean, yeah. they, they weren't, that's not true. They weren't unenthusiastic, sure. but they were like, just come. June release. It was a June release, and it premiered at Tribeca in May. Yes. So I saw it, I guess, quite a, quite far in advance. Mm-hmm. Um, And uh, I was... I was a little baffled. I was pretty excited for it. I was like, this is the kind of shit that's right up my alley. I like a good Richard Curtis cheese fest. And I remember talking about when this movie was announced, when the trailer came out, we were like, it's so weird that Danny Boyle made this. And you saying like, it's kind of an indictment of the state of the film industry right now that he is having a hard time getting things made. Yeah. And just Beatles and Richard Curtis makes it a go project. It was a thing he could sign on to that would get a great. We'll talk about it, but it's post James Bond. Yeah. There is that kind of like, Maybe I'll do a Richard Curtis script. I'm a big British filmmaker. I've never done one of those. But I think it felt like you and I were both like this. Everything about this is weird. What if it's secretly really good? Yeah, Danny what Boyle if this can over deliver things. A good, and I watched it and I would say I was kind of baffled yes. and somewhat <laughs> angered by it. I, I'm very similar. <laughs> Frustrated. Yes. Confused. Felt like I was losing my goddamn right. mind. Now I rewatched it. I yes. felt like I was at home for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas I'm like, my home is different yeah. in ways I don't understand. <laughs> like there's something about the couch that's not right. Yeah. Um, 
I rewatched it uh-huh. on Blu-ray. I own it on Blu-ray. I bought it on four. He okay. bought it on four K. Universal sent me the Blu-ray. I bought oh, it right. on iTunes to get the extras. Yep, he's got the extras. Extras are important, and we're gonna talk because yeah. you also dug into the extras. And, I did. And, we're gonna and, talk about yes. fun extras yes. opinions. Yes. And I will Same. say this movie plays far better on television on second viewing just because. You know, it's a movie. It's made for television. It, you know, I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean it in a does. kind of. It's a gentle film. Yeah, it's yes. got pretty people in it. Yeah, it's got Beatles songs in it. Yes. All of that is pretty tranquil. Yeah, um, and it's one of those things where I was yelling this at my wife as she came in and started it, as many people do, asking questions. Uh-huh. <laughs> where I'm like, she's like, I don't understand what, what, and I was like, well, you know, and trying to get into the logic of the film, and yeah. then of course myself getting mad. I was trying to do this the other day to someone, and it was it, it, it was a difficult. It, it's an exercise. endless. It's yeah. an endless series of questions. Right. But uh, I was like, look, I think it looks good. Yeah. I think Danny Boyle cast it really well. I think he just doesn't make bad looking movies. I really like how like the, the, the sort of immediacy of and it. And I think performance is kind of the name of the game in this film. Performances are very strong. Yeah. But there is something fundamental where I just cannot shake, like my my sort of qu- my questions. I have had so many people like you, Zach, some other people I'll say in a moment, uh, who, who have vouched for this movie, who whose respect, uh, I, 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 who, whose opinion I hold in infinite respect, who hmm. made me go, maybe I was too harsh on this film. I need to give it another look. I'm going to rewatch it with a completely open mind. I want to love this, right? Right, right. I'm on, I'm on, I'm on this movie's side. Absolutely. And I'm like, here I am I'm watching Comfort of My Own Home. This feels like I'm meeting the movie on its turf. You know, I'm ready. And first, like, 15, 20 minutes, I was like, yeah, this is charming. Okay, okay. Absolutely. And then I get into the two, and I am I am not, I try so hard not to be a nitpicker about things. Me too. I'm not a person who cares about plot holes at all. I'm not a cinema sins guy. At all. But there are two basic logic loops in the inherent premise in this film me. that break my fucking brain. <laughs> what are they? And at, the deeper it went on, the more it drove me crazy. And I kept trying to be like, Griffin, just calm down and just watch There's, the there's one that is too too strong for me. This is so fun. I would love to hear them too because I normally am a like You're plot like a, hole guy. I don't get that. How does I'm that like follow a, that? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure, such sure. a like, oh, you like that thing? Well, I think it's stupid because of the this rules one don't make thing. sense. Exactly. Right. I right. often am that kind of guy. But for this movie, I just turned it off and was like, which is Give what it's it asking. Me. It's asking you to turn it off. And, and, and yeah, this and, movie is not like ironclad. This movie is just being like, hey, just have fun with it. And I it's was, a silly premise. Look, I was yeah. trying to be uh, constructive. Uh-huh. And I was like, let me fill in the gaps. What can I no, add no, no, some no. text? See, no, you're making the mistake to fill there, this I out think. for me. Right. The the uh, Lily James, Himesh Patel relationship sure, inherently sure. makes no it sense that, to me. That I get hung up on that so much more than I do the why were things forgotten, which things have been forgotten. I how, agree with you on that. I do think there's a general. They don't have enough of an obstacle between them for you to be like, why didn't these two get together? And we're right. we're and going we'll, to okay dig into this. So that pin in that pin, right. in, that, pin, pin in that. Pin. That's more of an inherent. That's that not a science fiction. That didn't question. bump me at all. So that's no, yeah. I'm like, of, they didn't hook up. Yeah, why not? We're gonna get into. We're gonna get into. We're gonna get into. We're gonna get into this. We're gonna get into this. But like, I was trying to sort of generously. Like, view this movie with the same sort of latitude I give to something like Groundhog Day, right? Sure. Where I'm like, I think, in a way, some of the central key brilliance of Groundhog Day is we're making no attempt to explain this. Right, there's not an internal logic I don't fucking care. There doesn't need to be a witch that cursed him. There doesn't need to be a reckoning that makes it clear what the rules are. It's just happening, right? I do like that about this movie. It's happening until it doesn't happen. Right. Except in this movie, of course, it has happened and that is it. 
Yeah. It's over. And also, like, every 15 minutes, they keep on establishing well, new wrinkles Well, that's where I'm going to get really worked right. up, but what's your thing? Right. And and so I'm like, if if the Himesh Patel-Lily James relationship worked for me on just the charming British Richard Curtis, these two actors are very hot oh, and have so hot. very charming chemistry, I think I would be a lot more forgiving. I found of, them so charming. Of the world. I thought they're, they had such great chemistry. They're doing we'll, we'll talk fucking about it. What's, What is your work. other thing? Why... Is there any rhyme or reason to which things have okay, been forgotten so, and which people so here, still no, remember? No, there's them? not. There's not. Except for the Oasis joke. That's a that's which a is joke. funny. And I give that's them that. I did love okay. that joke. That's a fucking Here's slam my dunk. thing. Here's I my think thing. when I first watched it, that was the moment where I went, "I'm all in on that." That, <laughs> that joke shatters the backboard. I will give the movie that. It's a, that movie's a. I was that like, oh, joke this is movie a tomahawk is dunk. Yeah. Yeah, that, that joke works. Funny, and he says figures, and you're like, Haha. funny. If if the if cigarettes didn't exist, yes. Okay. So we're, we're will, saying the tobacco trade never existed. Right. I will admit that <laughs> that one was would confusing. fundamentally shift geopolitics for six hundred years at the very least. This is if tobacco never existed, the, the, it, and then the people who wouldn't have died right. from lung cancer from smoking. What, what are the? It's too the spider webs. It's insanity. This movie needs to have the fucking people should have donuts for head in this no, universe. Like it should be just completely I different. I agree. But you I don't agree. you don't learn that until it. almost the end of. Of the movie it's insane <laughs> that, when he's like wait no one has no, cigarettes don't exist it's a town in france that's it because basically everything they're dealing with until that oh point is like it's at least coca-cola it's like okay coke doesn't exist, but synthesized sure right. i didn't quite get that one either i don't I really say, get that one either but at least it's like well at least carbonated soda the exists. fact that i know right. so little about the beatles may have helped me in this case because I was able to just go, I don't know, maybe the Beatles like invented Coke. Okay. <laughs> and I could I could just let that live. Yeah, yeah. Like it was a side project. Right. Like, I don't oh, know. Mixing I don't know some shit. stuff together. Can you I know? tell you guys to the best of my understanding what that is? The Coke yes, or please. the cigarettes? Both. Let's get into both. Go ahead. But this gets into this. I like, don't think you're going to sell me on whatever it is. Uh, oh, here. David, yeah. I'm not sold on it. But I just feel like after this movie, I was like, can anyone parse the logic of which things are missing? And I saw someone online explain, mm -hmm. and I please know, I want to hear. This is my fan theory, I but I went. This checks out. That is absolutely what Richard Curtis must have been intending, even yeah, though he never it. explained. I just, this. Say it, just say it. Just say it. Part of the lore of the Beatles yeah. is that uh, John Lennon, Paul <laughs> McCartney, sure, uh, met uh, neighborhood kids. Yeah, living in Liverpool, cutting class, smoking cigarettes, and drinking Coke. Uh huh. Mm. And they're like, well, the chain is the reason the Beatles don't exist oh. is because cigarettes and Coke don't exist. Wow. So like that wasn't there to bring them together. Correct. Harder to pitch a movie where you say it's a world where cigarettes and Coke never exist. So it's like the Beatles are actually a later like, link on right. the chain that has been removed. Right. So you're like, what is the original? But then why do the Rolling Stones exist? Exactly. Those guys smoke cigarettes. I'll tell you that. And much. David, I agree with you. If you're like the Beatles is step one in the chain of things that are being forgotten, and right. that means Oasis then by but proxy like, doesn't but exist. Ed Sheeran. I mean, this is what my wife kept right. saying. She's like, Ed Sheeran wouldn't exist. No. Like. That guy's got, a, you know, the, the Beatles' influence on British music. I think Ed Sheeran would probably be a little but different. He, he raps a little bit. He so does he has a different. He has a different chain that he can be inspired by. Yeah, but leave so. it to the brothers. I guess so. I did also love that joke. That's, that uh, joke, look, Joel that Fry is good enough. Yeah, Joel he, Fry is really he, fun. I but it. yes, the, the fact that cigarettes don't exist <laughs> immediately just, turns just, this. It's a bridge too it's far. It's Doctor Strange in the Multiverse <laughs> of Madness. He should wake up and everyone should have, like, flowers for hands. Yeah, exactly. See, I was like, damn, that would have probably helped 
evolved. Well, my you're life. just like a paradise. Yeah, like, it's great. Like, oh, it's not even on offer. I, at 13 years old, I wouldn't have made a horrible decision. Like, what if it's like tobacco exists, uh-huh. but it's just in a different form? Maybe we don't know. We don't really we answer that question. That. It's just no. that cigarettes themselves don't exist. Or maybe, maybe it's literally just that they're not called cigarettes. They Could might be exist that, as but cigarettes. we don't see anyone smoke. They well, might be called champagne. I kind of thought maybe people just vape. Or no, what, honestly, you know what would be. be funny though is if everyone actually like chewed tobacco like baseball players, oh, and everyone God. was like spitting yeah. into Ugh. jars like Ugh. constantly throughout the movie, carrying around. We don't know. Uh, Poland spring bottles, yeah, exactly. just spitting <laughs> into it. Yeah, Ugh. that'd be funny. The fact that he googles dip. it, doing yeah. dip, yeah, yeah. sees exactly. the town of cigarette in France, right. And then we get no further answers about Which like, I will say that joke is always funny. Like the yeah. Google the reflecting Google joke works for me every time. Good. Yes. And and uh we've established the Joel Fry character is a stoner. I suppose so. He, uh, he, he he's a drinker. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if Do he they is not a, call him a stoner. He's just in kind the of like setup? the classic Risa fans esque sure. Richard Curtis character of like this guy's fun. Like yeah. this guy's and a wild look, card. I, I wanna I wanna counterweigh my complaints with compliments. Joel Fry in this movie is the best anyone has done of the Risa fans thing post Notting Hill, which became mm. such a towering performance of that archetype that I like actors have talked about, like, I didn't want to take this fucking best friend role in this movie because what are you going to do? A worse version of Risa Fons? Like, you want to be the worse version of the best comedy roommate. He's funny. In that guy's funny. Joel Fry's good. Where'd that guy come from? He just did a lot of TV. and then... Yeah, and he does music, too. Yeah. Cool. I learned that from uh, the director's commentary. Oh, really? Yeah. Wait, so you listened to the director's commentary? Not all of it. I okay. I, 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 I checked it, in on a piece of is it. Is it Boyle alone or is it's it Boyle, Boyle and Curtis? Curtis. Wow. Okay. 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 But are they chummy? Yeah, they're pretty chummy. I you only listened to maybe 20 minutes of it. But, I will yeah. also say, I believe I've said this on the podcast mm-hmm. before. Um, I saw this at the Tribeca Film Festival. Mm-hmm. Danny Boyle introduced it. Yeah. And he yes. came out and he said... Uh, my sister is a public school teacher, and I really made this film as a tribute to public school teachers. Uh-huh. I'm sitting with my friend Emma Stefanski, and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> the lights come up, and I'm like, that wasn't an amazing tribute to public school teachers. It's it, not negative about well, them. Well, there is a scene. There's two scenes. There is a scene in which Himesh Patel goes, maybe I go back to teaching. Yeah. And uh, Lily James stops the car dead in its tracks yeah. right. and goes, you absolutely cannot— if you go back to teaching, right. those kids are going to suck all your creativity out of you, <laughs> and you'll be dry. It, in this but movie, it does end with him becoming a teacher. It does, but there's a scene where she's like, "That is a fate worse than <laughs> and death." There's multiple she likes scenes teaching. where she's like, "I'm just a teacher." She's so down on yeah. herself for being a teacher. Look, I was Even trying she to seems find to enjoy it. I, it was just, it felt like Danny Boyle coming out and being like, "I don't really know," because Richard Curtis was there too. Yeah. He'd already said some nice shit. Sure. Yeah. And Danny Bull just being like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, my sister's a teacher, and that that really helped motivate me. Like, it didn't it didn't feel quite right when he said it. It is weird that this movie, which is, for how bizarre it is, is also meant to be, like, perfect movie. a light, <laughs> perfect masterpiece, right? Yeah, it's a, a light-era comedy. Basically yeah. had three controversies of some size spin out of it. Really? The first of which, I think, if we're just going in chronological, chronological order, there's a controversy within the development of this movie. Okay, hold on. Before we get too far from cigarettes, I just want to yes. say, I agree that doesn't we're make never, sense. By the way, we're never going to get too far from the <laughs> cigarette discussion in this sense, episode. But you don't learn that until pretty deep it's into like the movie. It's two-thirds into yes. the movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you know, I've already so locked into this movie at that point that that's, that's maybe the first thing that bumped me, and I went, oh, okay, I can forgive that. Is it after mm-hmm. he has sex? Did he references I need a cigarette or I something? I think he's just, he's just stressed, stressed out. out. He's stressed yeah. out. He's just stressed yeah. out. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is so cute. 
he I just rules. think he's such a handsome kid. He's so good in this And we movie. talked about this, but he does. He is good in this movie. He does this, and then this the following year, role. he's in Tenet. In Tenet, he plays like cocksure, like uh, asshole. He is, dude. I wouldn't call him an asshole, but he's definitely, yeah, he's a pro, he's a, a classic Nolan pro who's just sort of like, yeah, crash the plane for you. I yeah, think my, my line in that episode was like, I, I the guy, the fact that the this guy has the range to in one year go from Hugh Grant to Adam Goldberg <laughs> and sell both. He's fucking great in Tenet. You know, he yeah. had been on EastEnders, the okay. British soap. I don't know if you guys know EastEnders. It's the most popular, oh, it. popular yes. television show in Britain. It's a soap opera. It airs pretty much every day. And he'd been on that for like 10 years. I did see that he was in like 250 episodes uh, of it let me, or something. Let me give you the exact count here. 556 oh episodes. Because that's what it is, man. It's daily. Incredible. Yeah. Oh, it's daily. sure. Sure. Or maybe four times a week or whatever. Yeah, you yeah. know, and it's like you know how American soaps are like in the daytime. So they're really only for like old people and people at home or whatever. British soaps are at like 6 p.m. Mm. So the idea is like you sit down with your dinner to watch the soap. Mm-hmm. It's like it is it is prime time in a way. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's like if you're if when I was visiting with a school. lot of friends, exactly. You would go home with them after school and then they'd be like, It's time for EastEnders. And you'd be like, Oh shit. And like everyone has to sit down and watch EastEnders. Da 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 Da, 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 mm-hmm. da. Did you write that song? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't it, it's good, right? I've never heard of. Are it. there other shows like that, or is that the EastEnders and Coronation Street are the two big? Cahoots. Okay, are they still okay. running? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. EastEnders is on BBC. Coronation Street is on ITV. EastEnders is set in East London. Coronation Street is set in Manchester. Mm-hmm. But they're both like working class dramas with a lot of you know uh, plot twists. Yeah, sure. You know. Anyway, he got plucked out of that. Sure. Himesh Patel. Yes. And, and look, there are a few things I love more. And it's a, it's like, it's like, it's a workout. It's like you're really, you know, you're learning the fucking craft, right? You know, you do all that shit. Yeah. There are a few things I love more than a, a wide studio release film with an introducing yeah. in the lead. Sure. Which this film did in its marketing. Oh, really? Yeah. Was this, like, this is like his first film it's role? It's his first film it's role. His first wow. movie, period. That's First movie, amazing. period. But it's just cool to see, like... He oh, was good in Station Eleven, right? People like yeah, that. Yeah, he's yeah, great. Yeah. He's, he's building a really good career, but this is really the start for him, and it's like, yeah, like Universal putting trailers into thousands of theaters that say introducing Himesh Patel because I think it's exciting. They're they, like calling their shot. They wisely were like, the Beatles are the sort of brand this thing has. And also, so we don't have to worry about the it. The Beatles cost them $10 million. Hey man. And that will be I the greatest selling point. That. And they can put all the songs in the trailer. They don't really need a star. Lily James is a little bit of insurance. Kate McKinnon's a little bit of insurance. Yeah, but right. But know. Danny Boyle was like, this guy auditioned and he did the songs himself on Needed guitar. Needed to sing. Needed to sing, right? That and, was sort and of the he primary was just, thing. like watching him perform the songs, I was sold. Now, the origin of this film. It starts as a spec script idea. Uh-huh. It is a man by the name of, let me pull this up. Uh, Paul McCartney. No, his name is Jack Barth. He wrote a bunch of Jonathan Ross programs yes, he has for a, a bunch of. He has a yeah. story credit on the film. Yes. Yes. Uh, I yeah. Okay. Let me. Let me. I'll, uh, you got the dossier there. I got the dossier. Yeah. Yes. He he had worked on um, some TV shows. He wrote a Spec Simpsons script, which was then purchased and was turned uh, into a fish called Selma. Right. Which is one of the great mm. episodes. Great episode. Yeah. Um. Uh. And his script was called Cover Version. You, you can yes. do that. Like, I think his idea at that time you could. I think his idea was like, 
Yeah, let's all do it. Let's all race. Yeah. His his thing basically I was I, like, I, what I, if Star Wars didn't exist and I just wrote Star Wars? Basically, ah. he was like 60 and had written like 20 film screenplays and none of them ever got options. Right. And he was at this point in frustration where he said to his wife, I think out of frustration, like, I'm so cursed that in a universe where Star Wars didn't exist, I could write Star Wars now and no one would buy it. Mm. Right. And what he really latched onto was this idea of a universe in which one person remembers the biggest hits, the biggest cultural impact projects. Right. And yet something is so fundamentally wrong with them <laughs> that they cannot figure out how to turn successes out of what are clearly winning lottery tickets. He wrote this spec script that was basically an ode to his career frustrations sure. of, am I just the wrong guy? Right, and so I would watch that movie as well. That's interesting. It's interesting. Like, that. might be but frustrating. That's, that's but interesting. the sort of philosophical Definitely less loop pleasant than this one. He's yes. obsessed with is this movie that's about sort of accepting that you're never going to be the guy, right? Who who changes the world? But you're saying, he, so yeah, he he writes a, a treatment. Yes. It does get to like working title, right? Uh, the production company which and the Beatles were part of it, but it was not exclusively like a Beatles script. It was just I think it was going to apply the to Beatles. Just, yeah. yeah, there was definitely some Beatles element because yes. he was being told like those songs are too expensive, right? Like so, this how could this ever get made, right? Um, uh, Mackenzie Crook, uh, Gareth, Gareth from, from the, the original office. British Office, uh. Wanted to do Brigetti it at one from point. Part of the Caribbean. Yes. True. Uh, he wanted to direct it. Right. Uh, but then Richard Curtis gets involved. Well, there's like the point basically where people are like, you could make this as like a cute, like $2 million indie film, right? right? And I think that's when Mackenzie Crook is like attached. And then at some point, working title sniffs it out. Working title is like, this sounds like a good premise. If we, with our muscle, got the Beatles rights and you really built this around the Beatles, that feels like a sellable movie. And then they basically go to Richard Curtis and go, we have this script that we bought. idea? And yeah. we link it up to the Beatles thing. And Richard Curtis claims that he never read the script. Yeah, that that basically was presented as a piece of paper of this basic starting point. One person remembers the Beatles music. A failing musician remembers the Beatles songs in a universe where they're forgotten. And we have all the rights tied up. Uh, there were lawsuits that went on after this film came out where this guy, uh, Barth, got demoted to just story credit. And then when he saw the film and had very little payment or association with it, was like, there are story beats that are in my script. Can I Richard can I give Curtis you the said parallel details? thinking. Yeah. Yes. They they he he gets the story credit. Yes. Part of the deal. And he was given money. Yes. But but there's a big shift between story and screenplay credit. Of course. But he yeah. didn't write the script. So he was being, you know, Richard Curtis wrote a new script. Yes. He claims the two things that are the same are John Cigarettes. Lennon, mm-hmm. the, the inclusion of John Lennon and the Harry Potter joke. Yes. Um, Interesting. And uh, he ba- that's when he starts complaining and the lawyers get involved. And then, as he puts it, once lawyers are involved, mm-hmm. they just drag it out. Right. Like it becomes like lawyers versus lawyers. Um, and uh, then someone called David Blot. Mm-hmm. Who has his own credits? Mm-hmm. A French writer had a graphic novel called Yesterday mm-hmm. that followed a tw- twenty-year-old who trans- travels back in time and records Beatles songs before the Beatles are able to do it. Wild. Mm. Uh, and he was like, "What the fuck? This is my idea." Yeah. And uh, Richard Curtis was also like, "Don't didn't know what that was. You know, wasn't aware." Uh huh. So he was basically like, and and uh, he claims know. I turned in the first draft before his book was published. Right. 
And Danny Boyle was like, look, I don't know anything about this. I assume it's all parallel thinking. I wash yeah. my hands of it. Sure. Like, you know, or that's I, what Barth said, that, that his draft existed before Richard Curtis comes on, right. which is after the French graphic novel is published. The quote I read from Barth that, that uh, is not in the dossier here, but I thought was really interesting, where he was just like, Richard Curtis goes to university, right? Prestigious university. He meets Rowan Atkinson. He hitches himself to that ship. He basically has a career of only success. Oh, wait, he's saying Richard Curtis never did anything himself? Like he's trying to do a no, full... Oh, no, no, okay, no. Okay, what okay. he's saying is Richard Curtis has kind of never failed. Well, and he's like, I wrote this script that's about the struggle. Oh, that like, mm. I understand the failure side of it. Richard Curtis can't grapple with it. Right, that. and he right, was like, right, he right, took right, my right. concept and immediately went, well, of course... From, if, he was a wunderkind from his early 20s. Right, right. right, right he right, met right, the right, right people. Right. He had the right talent, all of that. And he's basically like, what I thought was interesting about this concept is even if you have the winning lottery ticket, you can't cash but, it in. But, and he's like, Richard Curtis couldn't imagine a world in which <laughs> you don't become immediately I the biggest pop that, star in the world. But I'm also, is it just Richard Curtis or is it just kind of Hollywood being like, no one wants to watch a movie about a guy right. failing. I think it's both. Right. I think it's yeah. both. And like, obviously, look, in my worldview, I'm certainly more inclined to like the the fucking well, Lewin Davis version of this it's, movie. It's the biggest question this movie poses. Right. Say the Beatles never existed and you can't, you know, you sort of come out on stage and you sang yesterday. Mm-hmm. Would everyone just sort of be like, oh, that's nice. It or is, would they be like, right. Ah, you are transforming songwriting as they it did. Is, the run of this movie I like the most is in the first 30 minutes when he can't get anyone's attention. And he's like, I'm performing yesterday for you and no one will listen to me. What do you guys think? Like, forget the movie. What would happen in this fantasy I, scenario? I remember hearing about, I think like when like Napster was big, sure. there was some study that someone ran about like, the most downloaded songs were just the songs that were listed as the most downloaded. Like they, they yeah. like, like self perpetuated Yeah. They right, like right, faked right, right. it where it didn't matter the quality of the songs. They, they ran something where it's just like, Oh, it's popular. So it's popular. So it's popular. Mm. So I, I guess I fall on that side of like, but you know, you hadn't heard of the Beatles. <laughs> no, I you watched this. I mean, you'd heard of them, but you didn't really know the didn't Beatles. Care. I didn't care at all. You watched this movie, and then you got into the Beatles. He's yeah. kind of the argument for maybe the uh, maybe, Beatles yeah. work on maybe people. Maybe it is just the Beatles. I don't know. Who knows? I, I think it's why they wanted this movie. That you know, there's a film here. If we get the Beatles catalog and you focus in on the Beatles and not anything else, because it's just that notion of like. Are the Beatles just kind of undeniable? Right. Like but 67 years, undefeated, little kids like them as much as old people do. Part of that is they're so country. ever present. Because yes. even though I never intentionally sought out the Beatles, they're a band that you just know yeah. every song just from living. So At it's least like, the tunes are familiar. Right. There's right. a built-in nostalgia, even though I never like put them on on purpose necessarily. What, what do you think, Ben? Like, do you think like today, today? Right. I just I'm drop my new single is yeah. dropping. And yesterday. we know that Ben thinks that England has never produced a single note of good music. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> Damn it. No, but no. He but said that on. many times in private. That is text not threads. true at all. Now, and then, and this isn't a world where Ed Sheeran is still a stadium filling success. Yeah, huge. Which is very perplexing. It, which is a, a, a in question. This reality perhaps, in that one. No yeah. offense to Mr. Sheeran. And just we're going to pin that as well. Let's pin it. Okay. Okay. I'll say this. I think the songs are, of course, incredible, mm-hmm. right? Sure. The production value, the way that these songs are like recorded and played in this movie leads me to believe that maybe they wouldn't necessarily resonate as much as the Beatles' right. actual catalog he's, he's does. He's doing them uh, unavoidably. They are different. 
I mean, you, you need can't replicate the, you everything. need the instrumentation. Right. You need the even there's the 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 different recording studio techniques, the analog yes. sound. And they it don't just, really get into it much at all. No, it's just the one moment where he's like, the guitar has to gently weep this way. But you have yeah. you have the scene later where he performs help at the hotel, and he really kind of makes it his own thing. Yes, because well, he's Love anguished. That in right, that and you're scene. like, yeah. well, yeah, these songs are so like just fucking structurally sound, right, yeah. and potent. That like, yes, maybe the way these songs become big again is someone reinterprets them into the musical taste of the time without fucking them up, you know? But sometimes he's just doing cover band version of them. Uh, uh, Josie and the Pussycats, one of the 10 best movies we've ever covered on the podcast. Have you seen Josie and the Pussycats? I, I don't think I, I have. I think you'd enjoy it. It's Josie a good movie. Josie and the Pussycats? Scathing uh, uh, indictment? Uh, my uh, character. Of your character. Seen. I'm pointing at you. Uh, no, no, no. But it's it's like a, a real uh, angry satire of uh, uh, the music industry, the entertainment industry, and sort of what you're Especially talking at about. at that moment. Right. Where basically they're like, if we tell everyone this is the number one band in the world, it will become the number one band mm. in the world. This is is like Britney Spears boy mm. band right. kind of era of they're, music. They're like I might go watch this immediately. Look, to I kept it. thinking about the similarities between these two movies in weird ways, even though that film's less supernatural. But basically, they're like a band playing to no attention in the back of a bowling alley, and they can't get booked. And then a record executive is like, "You have the right look. Mm. We're gonna put you up on a billboard. We'll just put the machine behind. We you don't have the songs written yet. We haven't recorded anything yet. We can make anyone a star, and it starts to become this whole conspiracy in a fun way. But like that movie makes it very clear of like, oh, this is how the machinery can make an audience like anything. This movie has such a weird switch flip of being like, well, the songs are undeniably a hit, but then everyone acts like he's not sellable, so they try to transform sure. him, but they don't change him that much. Yeah, that part was a little. I don't know, but I have a question about Josie and the Pussycats. Please, do they do they mm -hmm. play original songs in that movie? Yes, because yes. I always find that tricky in movies where you're supposed to believe that oh, this song hits super hard. This, this is one is of the, the biggest hits of the year. The Josie right. and the Pussycats songs are bangers. They work. It's why the movie works. But I feel like with this movie, you solve that problem by just putting Beagle, Beagle songs, which which Easy works, fix. Yeah. which works, and you you. Even if you're maybe like, hey, maybe that actually wouldn't be how it went. Yes. You can still accept like, yes, people like yesterday. Yeah. Mm -hmm. People like whatever. Now, would know, I go see a dude play by himself, like just an electric guitar and be like as like blown away? I don't know it necessarily. Is, it is interesting that he's a solo act yes. when it's the Beatles really are weird. such an iconic group. It's right. such a weird choice. But if you try mm. and make him a group, you got to get into how the other people. No, it wouldn't yeah. make yeah. sense. Yeah. I understand. It, it really is the only the logical different way roles, to do it. Right. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, I just, we have to touch on mm -hmm. Boyle in between Trainspotting 2 and Yesterday, of course, yes. mostly Bond. First, he wanted to. Uh, he directed an, a nativity play with Banksy. Yes, called Alternativity, uh -huh. which is a pretty funny name. Damn, that's sick. Uh, at the Waldorf Hotel in Bethlehem. Okay, uh, I don't know what that was like, but what it was a career weird. this guy is. At. Yeah, I know. Then Do you know he, what he's doing right now, Zach? Beyond pistol, I couldn't. I couldn't tell you. He's he's, you. he's working on a dance production based on the Matrix. Wow. Like a like live or yes. it, okay, right? Like a Matrix ballet. It's a Matrix musical event of some sort yes. in Manchester, right? Yeah, but dance based, not like a musical. Um, yeah, I have to see it. <laughs> As we briefly mentioned, he does trust. Yes, that was for FX, correct? Which comes out like two months after All the Money in the World correct. is the same story with like an alternate <sighs> universe cast. Yep, it is the reason why 
they wouldn't push all the money in the world back and did that insane. We're going to reshoot like, we have to be Christopher this Plummer. Oh. This TV show. Because they were like, if we don't come out before the end of the year, not only are we going to miss Oscar season, but also this show's coming out in like February. And it was Brendan Fraser, Hilary Swank, Donald Sutherland. Like it had big names in it. Donald Sutherland as J. Paul Getty. Who is a really good physical match. He is. Apparently it was like going to be a multi-season, like their original concept for sure. season two would go to the 30s and you would see like the birth of Getty's okay. monstrousness or whatever. They had a whole yeah. idea. Didn't happen. But they because... did get kind of completely overshadowed by all the money in the world, even though that movie wasn't very successful. Um, now, according to JJ, our researcher, mm-hmm. Boyle actually agreed to direct yesterday before he went to James Bond 25. Okay. And he was going to do them like somehow in the same year or something insane. Mm-hmm. This would be a quick shoot. I assume yeah. it probably was a quick he shoot. He loves Richard Curtis. It's come up in previous episodes that he always sort of had this like, I'd love to make that kind of movie at some point. And that uh, Life Less Ordinary was him trying to like make a rom-com in a more traditional bent. Yes, which he was, you know. Uh, yes. But throughout that early career, especially post-Beach, he's like, I don't want to do big budget movies, mm-hmm. right? So he's never really in talks. Don't want to be playing in the studio system. Want to be working small. But yeah. post uh, Spectre, mm-hmm. he is tapped. And he and John Hodge start working on a James Bond screenplay. He and Craig had done a thing together for the Olympics. Craig liked True. him. Goes to the Broccoli. Said, what if we brought Danny Boyle in? Boyle brings Hodge in. Um, I, can't, I can't get over just... The broccolis. Anytime I hear someone say the broccolis, I I gotta. It is broccoli. very funny. You just yeah. imagine a bunch of vegetables you know they in suits. invented broccoli. They invented broccoli. Wow. But it's if named the, after if the Beatles them. had not existed. Well, would they have? that would be oh, funny wow. if that was a little sly joke yeah. too. It was called Little Trees. Or <laughs> yeah, something. yeah, yeah, yeah. Tree, this, tree, the, tree. There fruit. is a movie in Many which trees. James Bond doesn't exist, and the guy's googling furiously, and then forty-five minutes, and he realizes broccoli doesn't also exist. <laughs> yes. And they're like, "That's it's because the family <gasps> never, they never, they never had the money for it." Right. Um, by August of twenty eighteen, mm-hmm. he was he departed the project. Yes. Now, uh. Boyle said the primary creative dispute was between the producers and John Hodge, the screenwriter. Mm-hmm. They asked him to fire Hodge, and Boyle said, no, no. Like, I work in partnership with mm-hmm. my writers, especially with someone like John Hodge, who I've worked with many times. So I'll be leaving too. And those Bond movies almost always start in the recent history. Start with director bringing in writer or Craig bringing in writer, and then the Broccoli's go, perfect some way it's going to rewrite to this. Do this. Thank you for your new stuff. ideas. We're going to run it through the Bond machine and make it normal. Uh, Mark Tildesley, mm-hmm. a longtime production designer who also did end up working with Boyle, but he also actually worked on No Time to Die, said mm-hmm. that Danny had, quote, crazy madcap ideas. This is what everyone That didn't tie in with whatever was planned. And the whisper at the time was. And that was, movie is obviously very elegaic. Right. You know, but it, it just kept on being this he's trying to do something really weird, and the broccolis are pushing back, and who knows what's going to happen. And this, the scuttlebutt, even at that time, was he wants to kill off James Bond. And that was a non-starter, and so he quit the project, but that's which is not bizarre, true. because No Time to Die ends with James Bond But died. that's not what it was. No, it wasn't. Boyle says, the whole movie was set in Russia. Uh, I wanted to put it in present-day Russia and go back to the origins of James Bond and the Cold War. They lost confidence in it. Apparently, he wanted to cast Tomasz Kot from uh, Cold War, mm-hmm. the Polish film, as the Russian villain. Uh, and, uh, I don't know, whatever. Well, then the story became, but Danny Boyle is threatening to quit because MGM and the Broccoli's don't want him to hire this guy. Yeah, and, and it this guy had to put a out a statement being His like, I'm had not to a be part like, of this. This right. movie isn't not happening because of our client. Uh, he, he did meet with Boyle everyone. says the yeah. big thing he, his big idea 
was that James Bond had a kid, yeah. and that's in the movie. He's yes. like, that's the one thing they kept from me. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says they did it differently, but still. All right, yesterday. He got so to we, go to Russia after all in this movie, so. Yeah, you know, he did. He went he to did. the USSR. Back in the USSR. Right, yes. That's absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, they don't dig into whether the Cold War maybe ended at a different time or anything <laughs> no. like that. It's just a little <laughs> remark from Sheeran. That's all we get. Yeah. Uh, so we talked about all the crazy screenplay stuff with this. Mm-hmm. Obviously, um, but uh, you know, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh my, did you read this quote, Griff? Which Richard one? Curtis uh-huh. talking about how he works. Okay, he'll get his characters together and write conversations between them. He mm-hmm. says this is a huge part of his creative process. Okay, have dinner with the characters, spend the night with them so they discover how to how they talk. Quote, I'm slightly obsessed with Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> What? Everyone remembers This is a Knife and all that stuff, but that movie spends a whole hour in Australia. He's like, I like the conversational vibe of early Crocodile Dundee, a film we've covered on this. Have you seen Crocodile Dundee? I don't think I have. Well, maybe you should as a Yesterday fan. Apparently, it was a huge influence. Yeah. I will say we when we were watching, we them, loved all that. That first hour, him was hanging like, in the bush, loved it. He was so cool. <laughs> you don't, you never hear people cite that though as like a key cornerstone of their writing development, especially because no. that that movie is like a contemporary of his career. It's not like he saw that when he was five. Right. Clearly, he must have seen it when he was twenty or whatever. Right. And been he's like, already this is. But it. he's already working at that point, and then he yeah. sees that and he's like, "This is what I need to strive for." Fair warning, when he if you do watch it, when he comes to New York, things get a little bit more dicey. <laughs> uh oh. Okay. I love the just, idea just so you know. of Richard Curtis watching Paul Hogan's career and being like, I'm the Beatles and he's the Beach Boys. Right. And we're I'm competing with him. each other. <laughs> yeah. Uh now He said that specifically about this movie or just all his movies? Uh he's talking he's talking about this movie, but he does seem to just sort of cite crocodile Dundee's He's always aiming for loose conversational Dundee. style. It's as, the high water right. mark. He also likes The Deer Hunter. That's the other movie he's Funny. I have you. <laughs> which, which, oh. Ultimate just hangout oh, yeah. movie. That's my other comfort food that I didn't think I would yeah. like. Right. And you never used to be into Russian roulette. Now you now, love it, yeah. right? The Deer now Hunter does have a long first act. The first hour is the wedding. they're not in yeah. right, Vietnam yet. Yes. I guess that's what he's thinking of. Yeah. Um, now, Richard Curtis also says, mm-hmm. I could have done a more complicated piece of sci-fi where you, you know, Notice that things have changed because there's no lung cancer or something, you know, Mm -hmm. like, uh, but we didn't want to do that. Uh, You know, I wanted to keep everything else ultra realistic. So he's basically telling me not to worry about it. But like uh, about time. (laughs) Which was his uh, pretty much his previous project to this, right? I mean, he writes uh, Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again in between. Or is that the same year? No, that's 2018. That's the year before. That's true. But yes, about um, time. Have you seen about time? His time travel rom com. Yes. yes, which he also directed. And Mamma Mia, in those movies, mm-hmm. does Abba exist? <laughs> yeah. Oh, ooh, no, 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 no. Very much no. No, those people are spontaneously summoning music from another dimension. Well, in Dancing Queen, that was Donna's band. That's right. That was their band. That's their song. Those movies are basically <laughs> like yesterday. If there was no. Himesh Patel character who to realize that, yes. that yes. didn't exist. And also where like even though they were a band that had Dancing Queen, they never had much That's the success. Thing. Right. Meryl Streep, Julie take the Walters, lateral move to and the Christine Greek Hotel Baranski. business. Right. Yeah. 
did write Dance on Queen, but none of the other ABBA songs. Only the one came to them. Every other ABBA song has come to them only in moments of great emotion. Where Correct. They, are, they are moved to perform Waterloo. It comes straight whatever. out of their soul. Right. Yeah, I didn't realize there was such a robust sci-fi adjacent musical. Um, um, Lily James, of course. Yes. Both in Which, films. You know, uh, her and Mamma Mia, here we go again, is just an insane movie star performance. I think so, too. And, I love and her. I, I love that movie. That's a movie that should not work. It I haven't basically seen that one either. And this is what I mean. Her. Any musical movie, yeah. I'm a no. So yeah. Have you somehow... seen Mamma Mia 1? No. Mamma Mia 1 pretty good. 2? Two? 2 is special. Oh, wait. I literally just thought of the exact perfect comp to oh. this. Oh. Okay. The movie Sing. The animated uh, movie Sing. Oh, sure. Yeah. I oh, went wait, into the that. The animated movie Sing. Yes. yes. Okay. Which with the animals. What were you thinking of? Sing another, Street. Sing Street which, is, oh, another, oh, is another. Yeah. Sing Street yeah, I yeah, love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I went into both of those movies, but Sing really, really hit me where I was like, I don't think I'm going to like this. Mm. I'm not even a big, like... You don't love cartoons that much. No, sure, not that sure, much. Sure. No fan of koalas. No fan of... Koala bears? No, koalas don't do it for me. Sure. You know, they have their uh, sexual disease <laughs> problem um, that concerns me. Uh, but I went and saw Sing, and I loved it. I did see that one in theaters. Okay. And that's a perfect comp. I only I, saw Sing I just, two. like, loved it. And I, it made me laugh, too. Like, mm. I thought it was... Funny. I figure I'm seeing Sing and Sing 2 in the next couple years. That was like oh, Sean my Clemens daughter said in our 127 yeah. episode, hours episode where he's now filling in every gap of an animated film he missed in the last right. 15 that'll years. All, right, that'll You're all get peppered it. in. Yeah. Um, uh, wait, thing I was going to say about Mommy, here we go again. Yes. First Mamma Mia, Meryl Streep, lives on Greek Island, runs a hotel, Manistee frees her daughter, never knew her father, finds her mother's old journal, Found out she slept with three guys in the same week around the time that she would have gotten pregnant. Sure. Invites all three to the island to try to figure out which one's her dad, right? Meryl Streep says, I refuse to do a sequel, even though the first one's huge. And Richard Curtis comes up with, with his daughter, basically said, you should make the sequel The Godfather Part 2. So the movie is half Amanda Seyfried post Meryl Streep's death trying right. to run the island, grieving her mother, and half her going back into the journals and trying to imagine what her mother's life was like, where Lily James plays young Meryl Streep. Wow. And they recreate the three things. You know what happens, because they say it in the first week. She meets three guys. She's yeah, but, her heart's you know, broken three times. And Lily James just sells it so fucking hard, replacing Meryl Streep, which is a thankless task. Oh, right. my God. That yeah. it's very clear that her getting cast in this movie is like there must have been working title, Richard Curtis, yeah. everyone being like, we're in on this. And she's so cute in this movie. She's got those bangs. Yes. Which came first yesterday or Mamma Mia? Mamma Mia, Mia came gotcha. first. Yeah. Uh, of course, the biggest question is why didn't Richard Curtis direct this? At this Correct. point, he's directing his own scripts fairly often. But every time he directs one of his scripts, he's like, I hate this. I don't like directing. Exactly I mostly want to protect He doesn't really my like scripts. it. He says he gets imposter syndrome. Yeah. He just doesn't think he's very good at it. And, and he's like, this is the last one I'm ever going to direct. Now, About Time, I brought up just because I think About Time is a perfect Richard Curtis sci-fi movie in terms of how do you time travel? You go into a closet and you close the door and you hug your chest <laughs> and you're back in time, right? And I'm like, great. I don't need to talk about fucking time loops. I don't need to talk about butterfly effect. I don't need the science of this movie to make any sense. It's like magical, romantic realism, right? That Absolutely. works for me. Right. This movie's concept is so much more complicated, though. It is. And, and yet it works perfectly for everything. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it uh, works just fine. There's a big blackout and the Beatles don't exist. Yeah. Um, 
he I will also say they I will mention they they had also worked together explicitly on the Mr. Bean bit in the oh, of Olympics. Uh Curtis did write that. <laughs> he wrote it. If you haven't seen it, Zach. He wrote for the Olympics. Uh well, yeah. Danny Bull directed the opening ceremony of the London Olympics in 2012. And there is a sterling bit with Mr. Bean. Zach, it is some <laughs> of the funniest that is shit. Really I have funny. Not seen it. Yeah. In which Mr. Bean is playing the Chariots of Fire theme song. Right. They bring out a full orchestra to sing to play the Chariots of Fire theme song, and then you realize the camera starts to slowly push in on one member of the band, and in fact, it is Mr. Bean, <laughs> Mr. Bean stuck among is, them. He's 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 up to no. And care. he's like blowing his nose and then throwing the used tissue into oh, the no. opening of a baby grand. Well, the piano. joke is he's playing like the boring he's synth the dun, part dun, dun, where dun, it's dun, just dun, him dun, pushing dun, a key repetitively. Gotcha. Yeah, it's really. Funny. That does sound good. It rules. Uh, I have a whole list of things I'm going to watch immediately now. That's great. Both Mamma Mia, throw that yeah. on the list. Josie the Cats and Mr. Bean at the Olympics. Mr. Bean at the Olympics. Yeah. I'll send that right to you. Um, Danny Boyle considers Richard Curtis our poet laureate of romance and comedy, whatever mm -hmm. that means. Okay. Uh, he called the script like Coleridge or Wordsworth, unborrowed genius. So Danny Boyle likes Agreed. this script. Yeah. He's not like. Eh, I got to do something. He's uh, he's he's as he always often is very effusive. Sure, very full of energy and life. Sure, and look when this movie starts, I'm like, uh, I I rewatched uh, Notting Hill pretty recently, and you and I got into a bit of a scuffle. We, we did, you yeah, because I. I was like, that's a perfect movie, and you no. were like, eh, I have some gripes. These things are weird. I'm like, no, that's a sterling perfect screenplay. I'm not kidding. I do believe that this movie is a near perfect movie. Can I? Okay, can I? Pose <laughs> so we the will theory? be scuffling as we that's continue. Fine. That's fine. Can I pose the theory? Yeah, you guys, you don't smoke pot. Right, but famously, yeah, once in a while, hey, my friend, I'm hitting dad grass on a nightly basis. <laughs> okay, now. that's true. Gummies, gummies but only. Gummies like, only. Very low dosage. Like, but they really got you, huh? They've really like you're on the monthly plan at this point. Yeah, basically. it's yeah. working for me. It's Damn, it's the exact great. right amount. CBD. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. know, it can help people relax. Yeah, a thing I'm notoriously great at. Yeah, yeah. But okay, so growing up though, you weren't like big like potheads, right? You weren't stoned. No. Okay. Because I feel like with this movie, it's that thing of being like, dude, did you ever think about? <laughs> and then you're just on board because sure. you're high with your friend. You're yeah. like, damn, man, it, I like, never did think about that. Right. Like the sort of, uh, one might say, half-baked mm -hmm. ideas okay. uh -huh. that emerge during a little smoke sesh. Sure. Yeah. Or let's say there's like four characters from that 70s show and they're kind of sitting in a circle <laughs> and the camera's whipping around. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, I feel like I'm just immediately like, all right, yeah, so the Beatles, only one guy knows about Th it. This is funny, too, because when I first saw this movie, I, I had, you know, I had a little bit of a weed era in college, but I had left it behind completely. Mm. So when I first watched this movie on the plane, no, no weed in my life at the time. Okay. Sure. In between, weed returned slightly to Welcome my life. Welcome back. Okay. And, and yet, the movie worked exactly the same for me mm. in both in both circumstances. So I look. I, look, there you go. I, I did. I did take a dad grass before watching this last oh. night. I watched the the nighttime formula. I'm just saying. I was I was looping myself up to enjoy this as much as okay. possible. But this opening chunk, I bring up Notting Hill just because I think this is getting at the like the the great. Hugh Bonneville, Hugh Grant, friend group stuff in Notting Hill that, you know, and Four Weddings and Funeral is running off the same gas as well. Richard Grant is very good at just the old friends hanging out thing. Richard Curtis, you're saying. Oh, Richard Grant. Yes, Jesus. Richard Grant also I would love to hang out with. <laughs> he probably is a fun hang. But Richard, Richard Curtis, that's like secretly one of his strongest skill sets is here's a group of people who have clearly known each other since they were 15 and, and all 
poke fun at each other but love each other and what nice little traditions they have and their fun little activities they do and all their peculiarities. I'm like, I want to hang out with these people. Right. This is nice. Yeah. And then Uh, they disappear from this movie. (laughs) It's a little bit of a bummer for me. Yes. Yeah. I did. I will admit I did find that odd a bit. Yeah. That it seemed like, oh, okay, here's his group of friends. And then you see them maybe one more time at the very end. But the other thing we're setting up at the very beginning of this film is Lily James is Himesh Patel's pro bono manager. She drives him everywhere. She books his gigs. She carries his equipment. She sets it up. She does everything for him. Now, Ben, I agree with you. I am the king of it just never happened, right? In terms of romantic what if, what could have been. Why are you friends with this beautiful single lady who clearly holds a torch for you? I know this too well, okay? What, What gets me hung up in this movie is it takes the approach of he never once considered it. I, I buy it. There are minor adjustments that make this relationship work for me where it's like I buy it if it's like we were both two in our heads and we never had the conversation. We were scared to ruin this or whatever. Instead, she's here devoting her entire life to him at the beginning. Yes. And he appreciates her so much as a friend. She is the most luminous woman on the planet. Right. She's this like perfect idealized Richard Curtis, charming girl next door who does everything for him, is his biggest cheerleader. And 40 minutes in, she's like, can I ask you the tough question? Why did you never fall in love with me? And he seems gobsmacked at the notion. He does. Good use of the word. I never thought of that. That's because he does does do the old. Right. You know, what, drop what, jaw. What do you but, mean? But maybe he was just gobsmacked by how he thought he would just never have the conversation. Maybe he thought they had reached this sort of equilibrium of like, you know, we're just not going to talk about it. We're never going to bring it up. Also, when you cross that line with the with the, a friend, it's like you can't ever go back on the other yeah, side. So it's hard to what, have that. Yeah, there's the guys, risk, sure. What yeah. you guys are saying right now. Am I going to ruin it? If that is what he said in the scene. I would still be in. Griffin, it's it's called subtext, my man. (laughs) (laughs) I just think, David, back me up here. He literally makes the gobsmacked face. His jaw drops. He's like, "Uh, uh, what do you mean? Like, he's confused by the notion. And that's where I start to go, like, what the fuck is going on here? Okay, here's what I will say about their relationship. I I do agree her character, it doesn't make a lot of sense in, in terms of, yeah, she's devoted her entire kind of life to this guy and right. his dreams and that kind of and thing. quick rewrite fix. Maybe he was in a relationship for 15 years. Sure, sure. And they, the yeah, timing you could just never say worked like, out. Oh, you just broke up with Sarah. Right. You, know, you, you verbalized the, uh, we're such good friends, we don't want to do anything to jeopardize that, right? Any of those things. There's so many quick one-sentence things you can put in there that explains why there's clearly a simmering feeling there that is mutual, but it just never happened. I think it might be it might be fixed also by like I think it makes sense on a shorter timeline. Like yes. if they hadn't been friends since they were fourteen. Thank you. When you but, go like, oh, she saw him swooning yes. through the curtains but at his first performance. Then it doesn't hit as hard when it finally comes about. Because then you you don't have that half a life, you know. Then what would you have said at the beginning of the podcast? Well, you wouldn't have had anything to say about half a life. Half a life is really brutal when she says that. Yes, it's really sort of hammering home like TikTok. Like you know, I've wasted time here. Yeah, I just don't buy that he never noticed or considered her in that way. And then we'll get to, but some of her decisions later in the movie also are bizarre. Look. We don't have a sense of who he is. 
really, as a person. Here's my thing. Sweet, floppy-haired Richard Curtis boy. Well, I've got a couple addendums. Okay. He does live at home with his parents. Yeah. Lovingly played by Sanjeev Bashkar and Mira Sial. He's like, like a sitcom legend. Who were great. UK, those are right? two yeah. they great were actors. so funny. They're so funny. They were the leads, two of the four characters, okay. two of the four actors on the iconic, sort of culturally pivotal British sketch mm-hmm. show, Goodness Gracious Me, which was like okay. the first time that uh, British Indian people had like a big sketch comedy mm-hmm. show. And it's one of those shows, it was so pivotal for me because I had just moved to England and I was like, this is a window on humor that doesn't exist in America. Sure. Uh, and it's like one of those sketches where like now you watch it and you're like, almost all these sketches hold up. There's a couple of things where you're like, mm-hmm. eh, it's a little like 90s or whatever. Of course. But like the most, maybe the most famous sketch ever. Have you ever heard of Going for an English? Yes. It's like, it's all of them at an English restaurant, all the yeah. Indian characters, you know. And they're basically like behaving like English people behave at Indian restaurants. Where they're like, what's the blandest thing on the menu? Can you get us four of those? Like, and like things like that, where it's like instead of asking for the spiciest thing, and then they're like, we have fries, we need chips, we need chips. Uh, 40 plates of chips, please. And the guy's like, I think that's too much. And they're like, don't you tell me how to behave? Like, it's so funny. It's a good bit. It like held a mirror up to society. Yeah. It transformed Britain a little bit. Okay. They rule. Yeah. They're also really funny in this movie. Yeah. But, that he's home with his parents. Yeah. Is it supposed to be kind of an arrested development thing? Yes. Right? Like he's kind of a he's kind of an eternal teenager. Yeah. And it's hard to have game when you it, live with your it parents. It reminded me a lot of uh Elton John in Rocket Man. He's living with his parents and playing on the piano. I mean, he was like a child at the time. Or yeah. whatever, but... <laughs> he is a, wait a second, he's a he's a child. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, he's I don't know. Boy. I, I, that all felt that all felt good to me. I do think it's funny that they're like, we need songs that are his own songs that he wrote that just inherently don't connect. Hamesh, you want to try writing them yourself? Did he write Wait, them really? himself? the writing credit, at least on the summer song I That's saw. That's amazing. But it, like, there's something kind of passive aggressive about there, like, there, we need songs that are close, but they're not really good. There is something insipid about the summer yeah. song, isn't there? Yes. That's so funny. Do you guys think he tries to sneak the summer song onto the track list for the Absolutely. album? Absolutely. That he's like, okay, we can have yesterday. I yeah. saw her standing there. She loves me. Yeah, sure. Summer song, like track eight. And they're like, I would cut that. There's That's a B-side. Ma- he's like, I insist. There's the scene where McKinnon's like, I, I hate it. it. I, and I yes. don't want to know anything more about it. Which yeah. is funny. Yeah. Like the way she does that. I'm hate, I hate it, but I'm not interested. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes. I mean, she's kind of right. That song's kind of insipid. Yeah. I don't yeah. even it's remember a, the song. It's at a dud. All. Something sure. all summer long. But it's also one of these questions remember. where I'm like, this guy is talented, right? Like, you know, it, singer, not the song. He performs these well. When he gets the Beatles songs in hand, yeah. he performs them well. You kind of understand why, like, Lily James, as a little girl, watching him play Wonderwall would be like, this guy's got the goods. Little Local papers are going to write about him because the kid knows how to sing and play guitar. But his songs suck. And there's something to the fact that, like, at the beginning of the movie, it's not like, I'm here, I'm grinding out, and it's just not connecting, and I don't know why when he's writing original songs, it's not even like I'm not getting booked as a cover guy, you know? I almost want him at the beginning of the movie to be, like, uh, outwardly, specifically obsessed with the Beatles. Hmm. Like, I almost... Well, he kind of is in terms of his relationship with his friends. Yes. The language he uses with Lily Jane. You know, they're... they reference the Beatles right. like a few times kind of in there. It comes up in his like regular vernacular, yes. but I'm like, I, I, I kind of like, I, I was just, I was, I was stewing on different things as I was watching it. Sure. Right. I was like, if this guy's a crazy Beatles super fan and at the start of the movie, he's like, you know, 
the Beatles had already broken up by the time that they were my age. It's never going to happen, you know? And you're sort of obsessed with this mm. burst of insane creativity, youth, right time, right place, right energy that these guys had that he feels like he's never going to get. And suddenly he's handed like their whole library. Do you think he has to be a super fan to know the songs that well? Because I, I feel like the songs are so ubiquitous. Well, no, but... but I would forget lyrics. It's a weird balance. I but he does. Do any of it. He I, does. I love which is the Eleanor sort of Rigby which thing. Which is sort of fun. The Eleanor Rigby bit, I think, is great. That I kind of want more of that. I know, because that is the one time. Because obviously, the early Beatles songs are fairly simple. And yes. yes, maybe I could pretty much do those from memory. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, I don't know how to play music, like, or I haven't played music in a long time. So I'd have to take a while to figure that out. Mm, sure. But I could still I, probably I, figure it out. I could release some really great poems. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Yeah. I could just sing. I could just sing yesterday to someone right. and be like, what chords are these? Yeah, yeah, right. And that's could, part of you the get Eleanor with Ed songs. Sheeran, and you could exactly. you could make it happen. But then Eleanor Rigby, it's like, yeah, that's like a pretty complex song. It's yes. lyrically pretty dense. I don't remember every word of Eleanor Rigby right off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. Sure, maybe if I, as he does, kind of really went to my memory palace, yeah. maybe then I could do it. And look, that's some good Boyle cinematic yes, visualization. The him replaying the tape, that's trying to he find doesn't it. phone yes, it I in. It. He doesn't, and he is a way better director than Richard Curtis. Is. Yes. Like Richard Curtis is a, a pretty perfunctory visual filmmaker. Yes. Whenever he's Although, directing. About it. time I think is very good. Yeah, that's a I've only seen that movie once. Same. People some people really love that movie and some yeah. people really hate it. Yeah. They find it manipulative, I guess. Right. That's kind of the Richard Curtis thing, though. It's yeah. like he's a yeah. kind of no, manipulative. That one totally right. works for yeah, me. it's whether yeah. or not it works for you. Yeah. Um I, I have two thoughts please. That, that just that just came up. Please. One is about the the relationship mm -hmm. between I don't even remember their characters' names. Jack, uh, Jack, Jack, uh, and Malik, Jack and Ellie. Ellie. Yes. So I agree. In the script, it's a little weak, but I just felt like their performances were so like human. I just felt it. You know, I I got it from her. I got it from him. I think they're both selling it really hard. Totally, totally. So I was yeah. willing to kind of. To let that stuff slide. The other thought I just had is, I cannot believe he didn't uh, perform Wonderwall ever. <laughs> because yeah. Yeah. we know that that song doesn't that exist out. as right. well. Right. Throw that in. Add right. that onto the okay. album. So here's another logic okay. question. Then, yeah, well, and, sorry. I'm sorry. And I'm also about to get very frustrated. Why did he invent cigarettes? He could have made a lot he of money. That's true. He could crush it up tobacco <laughs> Maybe leaves. he did yeah. because he's decided he won't, you know. I'm not going to profit off the Beatles. I will profit off of cigarettes. Yes. Uh, Beatles open source cigarettes. You gotta pay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What's what's your what's your complaint? And then I have a I have a question. Their a origin story of their relationship is she sees him perform Wonderwall yes. at the talent show and she never gets over it. Why not so a Beatles? If why? Oasis doesn't exist and he asks her, why, why do we friends? know each other? What I, is her memory? Look, Does she exist in an alternate timeline oh, where whoa. she's like, of course you perform truly madly deeply? Damn, this is what I think. This is what I think it is, Griffin. Yeah, really I know you weren't in. Spider-Man uh, Far From Home. But if Beatles had not existed, I may have, would have been. Well, and that I, is probably true. And sure. I also maybe kind of was a little bit. Okay. Oh, Are no, you? not Far From Home. You're not in Far From Home. Yes, yes, yes. But You're in Homecoming. Yes. You're in Homecoming, and what, do you make a, an appearance in... Wait, which, which fucking one is it? <laughs> the remember. last one. What is the last one? Is that one? No Way Home? Yes. No Way Home. They really should have switched. The yes. home thing was too complicated. It was. It got the home, I think about as being the most important element of Spider-Man <laughs> and his <laughs> the mythology. The guy's always in his house. <laughs> yeah. No way. At the end of No Way Home, where it's like, everyone has forgotten about Spider-Man, but sure. that's just... Or Peter Parker. But that's sure. just kind of like... We just lifted that out and everything else yeah. is the same. I think it's the same. She's just like, if you were just like sitting her down being like, well, do you remember? She'd be like, I don't know. You performed a song. 
Right. Like, it's I just sort of, like, right. blurry in her memory now. But right? that's it's a cake that, song. That's my question. Yeah. No, but I'm saying, I think it's just, she just doesn't remember. It's my question. In her mind, is she just like, huh, what song was it? Or does she now, is there, like, some timeline mush-up that's happened where she's like, I'm from the timeline where you did Savage But Garden. this is the thing. I think she just doesn't remember. I, I think I'm she with doesn't you. remember. But then, of course, yeah. the one thing that they kind of. They flashback to it. They do, but I'm saying like it's just a blur. if you ask yeah. her, she'd just be like, "Oh, I don't remember." But they flash back to it for us, the audience. We're existing on the yes. outside of both of these universes. Well, that's yes. also true. So, so we do get to see the but flashback. Cut to a young him, just like woohoo! <laughs> when I feel happy about all. Here's the other thing. <laughs> yeah, I would love it, to see. I that. can make yeah, that, that argument been good. of like, oh, it just everyone forgot about the beat. Uh, sure, but then John Lennon exists. Yep. The you know the now this the I did on get fire into. ace of spades that this movie plays at the I poker table. Get Cannot get this. to that. Okay. Yet. I'm just okay. saying that kind of messes. About that. We're gonna get world's to the, I know. largest pin. I know, I know. <laughs> right, okay. yeah, like we're sort of like, <laughs> like putting this grinding <laughs> it. But like, exactly. here's my. Oh, no, please, I haven't. Please, no, my other please. complaint. We're getting fiery here. Yeah. He's obviously not like my first album should be called Please Please Me and it should be sequenced right. this way. And I'm gonna right. like he's not going to release the exact same album no, as he's the like Beatles. Two disc basically Beatles number one. This is my yes. question. What is the sequencing of this album? Yes. Is he putting like songs from Abbey Road on the same fucking album as songs right. from Please Please Me? Because that makes no sense. Yeah, I think you he can't is. pack it all into this one guy record. Has no respect for the art of and the I album. And I think they're all mixed the fuck up. Yes. Yeah. So what the fuck is going on? Hey, yeah. as somebody who didn't care about the Beatles at all, didn't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're just like you said, that. That wave comes and your boat just goes right over it. To the to the point where I just this this is a. I'm going to take the pin out of the Lennon very briefly okay. to get into this. But may, hold it against We're, the wall yes, so it I'm doesn't it fall up. down We're to the put ground. It back in. Pin in one hand, holding Lennon against the wall. I believe when I first saw the movie, I maybe didn't know who that was at all. And when Zach I is miming holding the pill. When I, the I have the pin. <laughs> and when I rewatched it uh, two days ago with my wife, mm. John Lennon opened the door and I turned to my wife and said, Who is that? <laughs> <laughs> So you and this is post watching the, the entire documentary. Yeah. yeah, I've seen the film twice, right. yeah. and you've I've seen watched Get the Back, documentary. Right? Right. Loved yeah, it, I right? watched Get Back, loved yeah. Get Back, and still I said, "Who is that?" Wow. So that's my level of okay. Beatles knowledge going. Okay, in. put the pin back. Pin back, back the in the wall. Back. Pin back in the wall. Zach, I'm just thinking about like us talking about the the Richard Curtis dynamics, right? Yes. And and the proper like uh, uh, Notting Hill. Another thing I think it does really well, which this movie tries to do a little bit, is the sort of insecurity of Am I worthy of being with this person? Mm. This person is so successful and they're so beloved and they're destined for greatness. And look at me, I own my little travel bookshop. There's the sort of self doubt where the person self-defeatingly fucks up the relationship because they feel insignificant next to this famous person, right? But there's also just this weird sliding doors. Is he just the most oblivious man in the world <laughs> for how outwardly, aggressively on his side she is, right? right? Your story of you meeting your wife and the two of you ending up together is like a good Richard Curtis story. <laughs> of like you almost blowing it in your sort of like this couldn't be. Sure. I mean, it's I think it's an incredibly charming story. Sure. But that's like a realistic one where I'm like, yes. Now, just to 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 clarify what yes. you're speaking about, the way I met my wife is uh, she came to an improv show of mine. She tweeted at me, asked me out for a drink, and I thought to myself, 
hmm, I wonder if this woman wants to talk about uh, improv comedy. Right. You're, um, you jumped to the assumption that she was looking for advice on how to make it on Not advice, but more sure. just like pick my brain about improv or whatever. Yeah. Turns out that was not the case. Spoiler alert, we're married now. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, sure, I see that. And now, if Danny Boyle made a movie about this, you'd be in here yelling about how little No, this is what I'm made. saying. I buy, like, that makes sense where it's like, Because it's only over the course of about 15 minutes where I had that thought, right. your as wife, opposed to half a life. Your wife goes to the show with her friends, and she's out at the bar. Ben's smiling. It's a charming story. It's it a great is. story. It is. Yeah. It's wonderful. Ben, it is wonderful. She goes to the what bar nice with her friends. Nah, 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 great for me. Sorry, go on. Yeah. And instead, <laughs> talk ro romance. Yes. Uh, she like goes to the bar with her friends. She's like, I think that guy was cute. They're like, do it. Tweet at him. Zach sees it. He's like, I guess, sure, I have some stature in the improv scene. We can talk about improv. Goes out with her. And I believe, as I remember you telling it, you're only talking about improv for like 15 or 20 minutes. I think even not at all. And then she basically says, you know, this is like a date, right? We don't have no, to talk about no, it. No, we didn't. We didn't. See, now, okay. just like in this movie, we didn't have to make it text. Okay. <laughs> it was subtext. Okay. I made a um, a baffled face. <laughs> <laughs> and then I quietly in my head went, oh, this is a date. Okay. And then we had a date. Okay. That's how it went. Okay. Nice. Okay. So maybe that's why I like this movie, because I'm equally one of the most oblivious. No, but I'm like... <laughs> right, right. You just let... That stuff bounces off you. That yeah, is a way right. that is charming and does not make you seem dumb. Sure. I am dumb. You're not. Well. I think you're I highly got, intelligent. I, I got some old... Uh, some tests I could show you. <laughs> <laughs> I got some report cards. Yeah. I, some people laid in on this I, I, This is a true story. I, I once in college took a midterm for a lot of credit in my course uh -huh. and the professor at the top just wrote yikes <laughs> wow did not give me a, a number grade or a letter grade just wrote yikes i'm sorry for laughing it's no just, it was wonderful it's just very i wasn't rude. i wasn't trying to i used to that. get <laughs> sure okay okay i used to get frowny faces on tests like as in college <laughs> i dropped out of college pretty <laughs> fucking quick you never like, got a yikes yeah, did you ever get a yikes? I don't think I ever got a yikes, but in high school, I, I, would, I would do that. I mean, my, my stupid high school where David's wife also went, yeah, they like, pride themselves on we don't do grades. Yeah, but you mm. know what that means? They give you, you a test. <laughs> they give you a test and they go, you got five out of 80 questions right. Frowny face. Okay. You still know how you did. Sure, it's a score of And then sorts. there's a real frowny face <laughs> they, next They to use it. that, like, doctor pain scale. Yes. Yeah, right. like, yeah, yeah yes. you're a nine. Increasingly gritty. I lost a limb. Have you ever gotten a box of ashes because they had to burn it and then <laughs> give it back to you ben no did, did you? you no okay. i'm just joking yikes is funny i just think there i'm watching this movie and for the whole first part of it i'm like is the notion that he's like so in his head caught up in his own shit so oblivious he's just never considering this stuff is this guy kind of adult he almost reads as a romantic for the first like hour of the movie he seems to have no interest in it, any it woman it almost yes. seems like it's a topic the movie doesn't even want to brush up against and then yeah. the scene where she flies out to meet him when he's there or takes the train she goes to Liverpool to Liverpool where Liverpool. he's there on a research trip or at Lime yes. Street Station basically right and suddenly he becomes like perfect rom-com leading man their chemistry is crackling yeah. he's wearing a sweater so fucking well sure. they're hot together they're very hot and you're like great now have to be together and the movie can test their relationship and instead she's like I can't do this I have to leave which I sympathize with her 
It, made oh, sound, yeah. it seems like you do too, Zach. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? Something you just said made me clock. Maybe it's just that he was so focused on, am I worthy as a musician? Am I ever going to get my career off the ground? He couldn't even think of it, about that. Now that he's having success in that area, he's able to open his eyes and go, oh, what's been going on in my romantic life? It's called getting self-confidence. Yeah. It is the interpretation yeah. that that comes closest to working for me. And right. is, when I was trying to make the headcanon to make it all click <laughs> for me, I still think they don't quite pull that. Up. It's just the scale of the thing, of it's, how into him she is. Well, that's oh, the, yes. but, but her saying, like, it honestly hurts that you've never made a move. Yeah. I get it. Yes. Yeah. But it does come out of nowhere just in this movie. Right. Like, I can understand in the scope of their lives why that would Absolutely. be frustrating. But, but I am kind of saying to her at the same time, I'm like, I don't know, man. You guys have barely flirted. Right. Rich and famous, like, contract. He's getting on a plane the next yeah. day, and she's like, I'm going to ask you the eight big questions I've been holding right. on to for and half you do, of my life. Right. And if you're going to do this, then this is it. It's over. Right. And I'm going to date train tracks, man. Right. <laughs> yes. I'm going to date, I'm gonna date uh, that, you know. Did you watch all of the deleted scenes? Uh, I don't think I watched all of them, but I watched okay. a, a significant portion of them. A thing I found very interesting, and I was sort of trying to, like, puzzle piece this together... It feels like from watching the deleted scenes, the movie originally had a somewhat different order. Uh-huh. And Three he sequence. basically flies himself out to L.A. to try to pursue the career. He gets fired from his day job. Yeah. And he's like, this is which the motivation is, I need. Yeah, which is kind of a thread they dangle and then forget yes, about. I did not watch that. Scene. This is the motivation I need to get right. on the plane and go out there with Joel Fry. And they're like staying at a shitty hotel. And it feels like the hookup hasn't happened. It almost feels like uh, I, from the delete scenes, uh, like, this is interesting because it's Ed, Ed Sheeran hires him to be the support act for the one show in Russia. Right. Kate McKinnon does not discover him for another like twenty to thirty minutes of the movie. This is just a different version of the movie where it's like him getting famous is takes a little longer. Part right. of the stakes, whereas this, the movie we actually have, him getting famous is almost like inevitable. But within the that, minute anyone he sees him perform, they're like, "I'm into you." Within that. In these deleted scenes, he's out in L.A. and he calls her and he's talking about how bad it is. He's betting himself. He still can't get any attention, this and that. Mm. And she's like, well, I have some big news to tell you. Right. He's like, what? I'm seeing somebody. I'm, I'm seeing, seeing somebody. train man. She says it much mm. earlier. Mm. And he, well, he, she doesn't say train man. She says, I'm seeing somebody. He goes, who? She goes, that's too much information for one call. And then it cuts back to her and you see train man in the background. And then there are multiple deleted scenes that are her back home with train man and her friend and her friend, who they clearly established as sort of pining for a train man. Yes, okay, right. I was going to say, it feels like that was deleted, because in the movie, she sort of steps up and and is excited to be with train man, but yes. you basically don't ever see her. Train man that. also has much more of a setup, which is they go, they rent a recording studio. The guy at the recording studio is like, oh, I'd buy that song from you if you rewrote it into a jingle for this huh. or whatever. And he's so offended. He's like, that's the greatest song ever written and you want to turn it into a fucking jingle. And he storms out and he's like complaining about it at the cafe afterwards. And then Train Man follows them to the cafe. And he's like, I'm so sorry. I just quit my job. I love that You're we're calling right. him Train Man. That song is a masterpiece. <laughs> from the I'm, I'm in on this. I want to produce your album, right? His name is Gavin, Gavin. I believe. Yes. Right. Yes, yes. So it's Skimble sort of Shanks, like Train cat. Man is the first guy who really bets on him and like stakes his career on Again, it. Again, right. This is a more complex version of the movie yeah. that's career And focused. you see, but instead, right. Gavin, they made perfect choices and a perfect movie. You right. see Gavin and Ellie connecting from that early 
early moments. So then when he's in L.A. before he's successful, she tells him, I'm dating somebody. You see her having fun with Gavin, right? Then when she would go out to Liverpool, she has already had a boyfriend, which in this movie... She says, I don't want to be a one night stand. Perpetually she takes she goes, This is your final chance. Yeah. He says, I gotta get on the plane. And then when he goes to LA, she calls him and goes, Now I'm dating somebody in your absence because you just fucked it up. Which is a pretty big shift. It is. It there is a logic to it. I understand. To, like she's held the torch. Yes. And when she finally lets it out, she's like, the spell is kind of broken. She's like, I yeah. should just date train boy. Right. I mean, he's tall. Oh, yeah, well, friendly. What's, what's music it? adjacent? This other, yeah, exactly. And and it's leads like just a little chiller. You see her having chemistry with Train Guy earlier versus it being like I, I don't mean, know who, Lily, who's Lily fucking James around. Could have chemistry with Train a Guy. Fern. Yeah, but like, it feels like yeah. she goes back almost with contempt, and she's like, "Who's the last guy I met? Train Guy, come over here. You're my boyfriend." <laughs> Maybe they have a lovely thing going on. In the deleted scenes, they do. But also, uh, when you get your fucking heart broken, sometimes you just need to reach you need for someone some who likes there you, you who's comforting, yeah. who's easy. I mean. I mean, the thing about Train Boy is he even takes the breakup like Bill Pullman in fucking Sleepless in Seattle, where he's like, "What can I do? Yes, I can't fight love." Extremely chill, you know. And then they it it ain't bad being number two. Pulp were never number one. And then they need to like cut to her teacher friend standing, looking at Train Boy, being like, "Well, you're not gonna be alone because I've been secretly pining over you the whole time." Yeah, he basically just gets Lily James diet. Lily James, he gets like Lily James generic brand so quickly, so cleanly, (laughs) where he's like, "No one is sad." And like, and this is a world without. Coke. I was yes. gonna say he gets the Pepsi to her Coke, no. but there's no Coke. No, exactly. Mr. Pib. He gets yeah. the yeah, he gets the RC Cola. Shasta Cola. <laughs> Here's another thing. Yeah, the deleted go ahead. scenes. Oh, sure. When well. he does the concert in Russia, he sleeps with <gasps> hot, mean Russian. Which tech he, men- he does he mentions there's a yes. lady, yes. yes. A brief they have a one-night stand, you're like, oh, he's like cashing in on the Beatles thing. And then most infamously, this movie has this. Deleted flirtation with Anna de Armas, which was in the trailer. You see him on the James Gordon couch. <laughs> yes. Playing something. And Anna de Armas sitting next to him. Is she playing herself? No. no. She's playing a fake movie star. Yes. Sure. sure. Just named, I forget. Logic. But right. Yes. Like v- Vanessa, Vanessa Showbiz. Sure. I like Anna de Armas. Me too. I will say, watching this deleted scene, Zach, I don't know if you had this feeling. I, I did watch the scene. Most of this scene is... And I did call my lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll get okay. to that in a second. Okay. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, most of this scene is James Corden, famous gotcha journalist. <laughs> yes. Yeah, in this movie, it makes it seem like going to... It's like going to meet the press with Tim Rosser to wear. Yes. He's going to hold your feet to the fire. But one yeah. is a nightmare sequence. This one is reality. This yeah, is reality. Which, but I swear in the actual trailer for the film, they presented Correct. the nightmare as if as it reality. was in the movie. I right. So. As if it was in real life. Right. Yes, in the movie. And she's not in the nightmare. She's not. Right. Um, okay, so in he, real life. He says, so part of your famous lore, not only do you write all these songs, you play them by yourself, you're one man only, whatever, but also apparently you write all of these in 15 minutes. People have watched you write these in real time. Here you go. Here's a guitar. Write a song right now on TV. Yes. Which and is he's the like, kind of thing Gordon does. Also happens in his other guests. moments yes. in the movie Yeah, as the well. people do yeah. keep being people like, insist. all right, come on. Right. Yes. <laughs> so he goes, write something. And then he's like, uh, plays something, right? Does he play? Does he, he play the song something? something right. One of my favorite Beatles Good. songs. Clever. One of my favorite Beatles songs as well. And then most of Didn't this even pick up on that, but love is it. like it just Harrison cuts song. to Anna de Armas watching him play this song. Sure. And it is one of the most convincing, silent, wordless, watching someone fall in love 
acting performances I have seen. Basically, for just like 40 minutes, you watch Andarmas go through an entire life with this man. As Richard Curtis says, she's brilliant and radiant in the scene. Yes. And that was the problem. That people got flipped out in test screenings because they were like, why is he not dating her? They were like, it's just too complicated. Either they want him to just get with her right. or they're mad that he's like- Even considering it. Briefly very entangled. Right. They're like, this is unsympathetic. I want him to be now, with Lily unless James. Unless there's a deleted scene that is not included on the iTunes extras. No, no, that's it. That's it. It's just the performance, the two of them next to each other. And it cuts to her in bed watching it on TV and crying. Richard Curtis seeing says- Seeing the connection. His favorite joke in the film, which yes. apparently his son came up with, is that he plays something when asked, being asked to play Funny. something. And he was really sad to cut that. But he was like, the Anza Armas thing was too complicated. Yes. It was messing with the test screenings and now. all that. It's got to go. And now. of course, when they cut it out, all complications were over. Psych, just kidding. Ben, do you know what this movie's number one lasting legacy, a thing that is still unresolved is? No. Ananda Armas fans. A big thing. Ananda Armas Huge. fans who are rabid. Rabid. Even by the, the standards of online movie fans. Of like modern movie stars, she weirdly has like the most organized, Like if intense... you put them in a gladiator pit with like Zack Snyder fans, they would dismantle right. them. It's, it's, it's truly okay. up there with like Snyder bros and like Swifties. To the point where I may not even want to uh, wait into any, them. I may not even mention her. Of right. course. But they just, they're crazy about her. For someone who when this movie comes out is like, pretty much just starting to connect, right? Right. Okay. But they include in the trailer her sitting next to him at the James Corden show. Mm -hmm. There is a class action lawsuit. Still unresolved. That is still unresolved mm -hmm. from Ana de Armas fans saying that they were sold this movie on false premises. Because she's in the trailer for a second or something. Right. Yeah, yeah. That it was false advertising that basically they never ever under any circumstances would have paid $15 in theater or $4.99 for a digital rental if Anand Armas had not been in the trailer they watched it only for her she does not appear even for a second and because of that they demand their money back and it has become a lawsuit that might end up like ripple effect changing like the advertising the way trailers that you're are not allowed, allowed to, to put anything that's not in the final cut in a trailer because right now it's still ongoing it keeps on getting approved it keeps on getting pushed to further and further courts and it's like they might have to refund every Ana de Armas fan who rented this movie. Oh my God. At least they some might amount of have damages. to send out like $5 iTunes gift cards. What is that? Thousands of Ana de Armas but, fans. Uh, who, who are they suing? Uh, Universal, Universal Pictures. Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Know, the Comcast, the owners of Universal. The owners, okay. Yeah. Sure. You know. I just That's find it, really funny. I find it, it so funny. funny that, like, a, there are and many instances. Just to be instances. clear to the Ana de fans listening, I agree with you we, 100%. Oh, wait, we all actually, support your call. I'm trying no, to sign I, on I to the law. We're no, signing on. That's super serious. I do think it is genuinely, I'm kind of like, hats off to you. Yeah. If you can win a battle against this corporate behemoth. I just think it's Fine. so funny that there are so many movies that feature like alternate takes, shots. Because they make these trailers before the right. movie is done. If yeah. not even clips of scenes that do not exist in any form in the movie. And then one step beyond that, Marvel and some of the other blockbuster films now will purposefully design things only to be in the trailer to throw people off their scent. Like they finish visual effects for fake scenes, putting characters in things to not spoil that this character dies at the beginning of the movie or whatever it is. And this is the movie that breaks everything. It's putting on Armas in a couch in one shot is the one where they were like, we are being lied to. Yeah. Well, they were it's lied so to. It's so funny too, because even if, if the scene had made it in, yeah. do you think they would have all been like, 
fully satisfied. No, they would have been she's barely in the movie. That he doesn't yeah. end up with her. Right. Wait, but what if they made a movie where it was about her character? Like a side movie? That would be such a funny settlement that Called they're like tomorrow. Like, yeah. like it's yeah. like we order you to make right, exactly. We have to make tomorrow, starring Anna de Armas, yes. showing the parallel plot in right. which this she interacts with him briefly. Right. Every every member of the suit gets a voucher for one free ticket <laughs> right. to so this future film. Yes. Which has to have a budget of at least thirty million dollars. Yes. Um, that would be good. That would be yeah. good if the judge, if that's how movies get made, go over and judges judge. just order them. It's coupon the movie <laughs> shit. It is yeah. your favorite yeah. sketch. I mean, my favorite sketch. I will say this about Ana de Armas fans, and I say this with all due respect: they're right and correct and smart and keep it up. But I also think they will never <laughs> St- be. Satisfied. We love you. Stand back and stand tall. <laughs> right. Stand by. I think it's really sure. Stand, no, stand by. But yeah. they'll never be satisfied. No. It's an endless mall. It's never going to be enough. Right. But like that's fine. That's part of what fuels it. Of course. Them, right. There's yes. always another battle to right. fight. Right. They thought Anna de Armas didn't have enough screen time in Blonde. <laughs> Boy. And I have I, mean, I have I got, contacted I, my lawyer about that as well. Yeah, I mean, I've got a lawsuit to file about Blonde, but it's we definitely not about, lawsuits. you know, not enough time being spent on it. Um, what are we, you know, okay, so like, you know, he's uh, about the plot. I mean, we haven't really talked about Sheeran. Obviously, we've got the opening. He's a lovely boy. His one break There's he a bus gets crash. is doing the, the song on local TV, which bombs and the host is dismissive, but it happens. that. And he does the festival when he plays at like the chill out tent. Right. Uh, but but I like all these bits of like him playing for his parents and them taking phone calls Love and all this that. sort There's of stuff. There's a little cameo from Michael Kiwanuka, British uh, mm. musician. He's the one who fires Joel Fry. I went to okay. school with his brother, Robert. Gotcha. Oh, I love that scene. Yeah, yeah, that seems funny. I'm, this is when I'm enjoying charming, the movie the most. The charming, opening charming, of the movie charming, charming. was so well paced for me. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I loved every little like, you know, yeah, he, he does it on the show and it doesn't quite work. And then he does it and he incrementally gets the success like it felt like a compressed uh like like biopic like a yeah. like of a real band basically sure. you see them kind of make their way up and they get bigger gigs and then another band sees them invites them on the road so i loved all he of does this local tv appearance it feels like it doesn't make any difference but it turns out that quietly superstar ed sheeran lives in this small town because he yeah, wants he's to have within his off the, the local grid. tv yes. catchment yes. area right yes. uh and he happened to catch it and he thinks it's a great song and he, and he comes over and to and jack's over. house for some reason yes. i will say yes. this film is set i believe in suffolk uh-huh. uh and ed sheeran is from suffolk mm-hmm. so i guess that tracks it was another written. logic loop closed <laughs> exactly <laughs> perfect screenplay status confirmed uh and that just turned to me with the energy of a lawyer in like a divorce settlement being, being like, like so we agree on <laughs> so next item yep uh Ed His Sheeran, hands were crossed yeah can i just say yes i i bear this man no good or ill will sure Here's my entire knowledge of Ed Sheeran. Yeah. I know he's a famous musician. Game of Thrones actor, of course. I remember when he was on Game of Thrones uh-huh. and everyone got grumpy about sure. it. I've listened to his off-menu episode. Anyone who's been Your on off-menu is a good in my book and his menu, his episode was very fun. James Acaster, come on, Blank Jack. Yeah, please. Or, or Ed Gamble. And I know he's sort of just this little ginger boy with glasses. And but he also raps. Yes. And all his albums Rarely. are called like Plus or Minus or Division <laughs> or Times. Sure. <laughs> And square it. I what what is he? He looks like a human muppet. He's a little muppety boy. Yeah, he's. A, I know also that he writes songs for 
a ton of right. Yes. He's he's generally a, a he's like a prolific songwriter. Okay, yeah. this is what I think is. And kind I know of, he's sort of in the Taylor's like he's sort of Taylor Swift. He toured with her. This right. got discovered yes. as a busker too. Right. Yeah. Oh, he's sure, got sure. that back. This he's, is what yeah. I think is kind of interesting about it being Ed Sheeran in this movie because it was written to be Chris Martin. Oh, interesting. Which sure, but Ed Sheeran is more the classic like. One man with a guitar, actual success story. But not only that, basically, like, here's this guy who looks in no way like a traditional pop star. Right. Who does not have that swagger, that energy, right? Is kind of inherently goofy. And, but like, voice of an angel. And wow, listen to these songs he writes. Sure. And it's sort of like, he is the model for what mm. they're trying to argue Jack yeah. Malik would be in this movie. Yeah. Where it's like, this guy out of nowhere. But the songs work. They, it you, just cuts through. Do, do any of y'all like Ed Sheeran? I have like, I like no all his opinion hits of him that whatsoever. I hear. You've always, heard some yeah. of the big songs. I like The Shape of You. You know, I like, I anytime I hear that. him, I, I enjoy he him. He was a guy where I like, I, I was hearing the name everywhere and I was seeing pictures of him. And I was like, really? This guy's a pop star? And then... I was like, I've never heard Ned Sheeran's song. I've never heard Ned Sheeran's song. It's weird that he's the successful. And then you realize, oh, I've heard But so. you have. Right. Yeah. And I was just right. like, none of these sound like what I assumed this guy was. Uh, but yeah, it's like his songs played every fucking supermarket. I, I, mean, I mean, I feel the same, same way. way. Yeah. yeah. I like completely like ignore, actively ignored this guy. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then realized, oh, actually, I know like five of Which his. Which is but, essentially but how I felt about the Beatles prior to sure, this movie. Sure, sure. <laughs> Truly. But you need it to be him, I think, in the sense that, like, he bucks against the idea of things are only going to get successful if the machinery is already behind it. Sure. Right. Because he's basically like, game recognized game. I know a good song when I hear it. If I put you in front of my fans, this is undeniable. Slowly, you will just worm your way into people's ears. This is what's funny about, again, like, this movie isn't too worried. Yes about the complexity of his career. Yes. It's also not that worried about, like, another very obvious concept for a movie like this, which is once the corporate machinery gets going, sure. you're, you're doomed. They corrupt. They suggest that. Yeah. Like, the, there's, mostly just the, have a little fun. Exactly. Yeah. Like, the McKinnon character's kind of annoying. Yes. The scene with... Um, uh, Lamorne Morris. Lamorne Morris from New Girl, mm -hmm. you know... Is Loved funny. I, I think he's, you know, like, it's like, oh, Lorne corporate... Morris, like forever underused. We I, deserve so much actor. more of him. Yeah. Um. But like, and neither of those things are like, oh my god, like this guy's fucking lost. No, in and this, especially or with the pacing like of it's this just kind of like he's kind of hinting at it. that corny vest, and that's yeah. an indicator well, of like, uh oh, <laughs> something's going there, awry. There's a there's a scene in Josie and the Pussycat Zach where you have this Can't montage of everything like blowing up for them, right? Uh huh. And then like Josie turns to the other two and she's like, "Does anyone else find it weird that this has all happened in the last?" two days <laughs> and it's kind of like a good meta joke yeah but it's also part of the thing of like the machinery is so fast right sure and also but just the structure of these movies right. work so quickly there are right. parts of this movie where i feel like has it been two days how quickly are things advancing i here? i will say i don't think these movies worried about anything it's <laughs> no, not no i agree with you on and that but that's what's interesting about it's the deleted scenes is yes. that they thought about worrying they fleshed about all of that out and then they were like hey, why we just yeah. not just vibe it and out. then of course the most pivotal example mm -hmm. that the final act twist that there are other people like him right who we assume were also in a traumatic injury the second this magical event happened right or something you seem to a concert and they cut to a large bearded man in the back and he looks mortified and then you yeah. start seeing him follow him down the street at different points in time there's also a deleted scene where they establish the other woman and you see her watching him on tv so you pin her right. into that but when Basically, they confront him right. they're just like 
thanks. It's really nice to hear the Beatles. Song. I, think I that's love. Nice. I do too. I, I don't it. mind it. I just well, like that. First, they, there's the press have, conference. There, there's, there's a the, press where conference where you him. hear one of them say, uh, "Who is your favorite Beatle?" And right. one of them is holding up a yellow submarine. Right. And in that moment, you're like, "Oh no! Is he? Is his He's world?" Do they want to expose Miss Gamars or also? I, you know, my mind jumps to: Are they going to fucking assassinate him? It does feel oh like ominous. No, this nothing about too gentle. This movie, yeah, cutting <laughs> to like them like following him in the streets. And yeah, shit. I mean, sure. I know what you're saying. I was getting on edge watching it. I thought they were just going to call him out and sure. be like, "You're a fraud," which they start to do, and then he's like backstage. Joel Fry goes like, "These two people, they brought a yellow submarine." They seem weird. I can send them away. Which, that's another like, logic thing. How does the yellow submarine still exist? Oh, Because his records disappeared. No, no. My wife and I had a 10-minute conversation but, about this. We were like, did they paint a submarine yellow? Yes. It yes. might just be from some other. It maybe it's a chance? Paw Patrol toy or yeah. something. I mean, and then I said That could be true. Yeah. Ben just lit and, up. And then, ben liked that. And then I start <laughs> thinking, like, sure, he's coming out with She Loves. Uh, sure. You know, you know uh, I want to hold your yeah. hand. But is he going to bust out Yellow Submarine? Yeah, like, that's probably not first album. Like, the fuck is this? Right. Yeah. I do like the joke of when, like, Ed Sheeran is so impressed with back in the USSR that he's like, what a weird choice to call it the USSR. Yes. yes. <laughs> Why would you today write the song? Uh, that is one of the riskier ones he busts yeah. out. Yeah. What's the, what's the most difficult Beatles song to try and sell in 2022? 2019. I will say I was surprised they did not comment with a meta joke about the she was just 17. Yeah. I know they do that and then they just move and past. People it. lose and their mind. Plays it right. twice. People enjoy it. They love it. Right. They yeah. could have easily had a joke there about him making it she was just 21. Right, cuz of so, course you know, they right. have Hey, dude, right? There yeah. are other yes. things that get altered. Yes. They make the comment about he fucked up all the lyrics to being uh, the benefit of Mr. Kite. Yeah, Being right, for the benefit right. of Mr. The, Kite. The, where the I'm arrangement's like, wrong. I, I'm surprised you even tried to do that. Way one. over my head. That's a weird one. <laughs> yeah. That's that's again where I start right. to get hung up where I'm like, what, is that just track eight on right. your fucking album? Right. Like, Sgt. Pepper is a concept album. Those even songs, a, like, build into each other. Even on a double disc, that's <laughs> not making the debut. Yeah. Is he just going for, like, Maxwell's Silver Hammer? The fucking, you know, I want to hold your hand like this doesn't work this the songs are supposed to be these are this was an album band they basically invented yeah. the rock album yeah also look i'm a movie <sighs> guy i want to see him pitch the movies oh that would be funny. <laughs> they did not touch movie the movies no. at if all. he's just like okay listen we're on this magical mystery tour yeah or, yeah i like when one well, that's at the other one thing, point the Beatles are like... so psychedelic and that's the other thing where it's like well that wouldn't track now no yeah all so, the later stuff someone asked like what does hard day's night mean he's like I don't know. Yeah. Good question. Kind of a funny joke. Yeah. yeah. I like that. My guess is I am the walrus. I think that song. Yeah. It'd be a tough one to just be like, like, what the huh? fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I am the walrus is up Cuckoo there. Cuckoo ka <laughs> <laughs> Or if he was just like trying to recreate like Revolution 9. Or yes. he's like, okay. And then it's like, you know, this Could sound. Have a great scene of Kate McKinnon reacting to that. Oh. That would be funny. Yeah. If she's like, uh, what? Should be like that. So we're all on the same page that this movie should have been longer. I think. <laughs> I mean, would Charles that... Manson not exist? Okay, look, you can't even touch that one. They already do the absolute insanity of bringing John Lennon back. They can't also. I mean, a truly daring transgressive filmmaker, and I love Danny yeah. Boyle. Would yeah. show her watching a Sharon Tate movie that yeah. was clearly made that year. <laughs> right. Okay. Something really crazy like that. She plays the mom in my best friend's wedding right. or some shit. Because that's what I would do. I Google Beatles don't exist. Yeah. 
Okay, Sharon Tate. Like I just immediately I would go, be like, you don't How go to Childish Gambino next. <laughs> okay, that's also insane. And you and clearly they, his second favorite musical act yeah. is Childish Gambino. Yeah. In, in in the universe in which you are the main character in this movie, and right. you are the only one who remembers the Beatles, and the, I'm probably almost immediately like, I don't think I'm going to be able to record the, those songs. The, the movie right. cuts to two weeks later. Your wife knocking on the door. You haven't showered. Your beard is to the floor. <laughs> David, you haven't eaten anything. <laughs> I got to Google 15 more things. There's so many implications. <laughs> <laughs> and I have like a list of like still exists, doesn't yeah. exist that have like been scrawled You're on the wall. For the connections. Right. Yes. I think if it was me, I genuinely, when I first discovered that no one else remembered, mm. I would go, huh? And then it would never come you up. You forget. Again. <laughs> it yeah. would just never come. Does up. this mean in this universe the Rudels don't exist, David? Probably not. I, and what a tragedy! Oh, and the monkeys would wouldn't exist. The monkeys wouldn't exist. Or do they? Mm. Did the monkeys become the definitive rock act of the early sixties? Damn. Last train to Clarksville, and whatever. The 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 thing with the uh, the the two fans who remember, yeah, who and they are essentially just like, which makes sense that they can't be, they can't expose him. Who right. would listen to them? They would right. sound crazy, right? So instead, they're just like, it's nice to hear the song. Which that felt very real to me. It is, it, nice. you know, it's if you did remember moment. the Beatles and it all disappeared, and all of a sudden you hear a guy doing like pretty fun, good versions of the songs, you'd yes. be like, this is great. I, I love hearing them again. So, a sternly kind friend of the show, past and future guest, I ran into her at a birthday party last week. I'm all right. And she said, you have a Defender on for yesterday, right? And I said, Zach Cherry. And she said, he'll be great. You don't like it, right? I've heard you make a lot of snide comments over the years. And I said, yeah, I have a lot of problems with this movie. And she went, look, I saw it. I think they were working on Search Party. She was a writer on that. She saw it with she Charles was. Rogers, another past and future guest friend of the show, Absolutely. who also who threw his hat in the ring to yesterday. He said, I'd either do train spotting or yesterday. <laughs> and we were like, why don't you take train spotting? Yeah. Uh, and, and Craig Rowan, who is in that boardroom scene with uh, Lamorne Morris, great, mm -hmm. great uh, UCB guy, comedy writer, Craig Rowe. Very funny. Um, and all of his dialogue is cut out. And they went to go see it. I think Danny Bull sent him an email, but like only the day the movie came out that was like, I'm so sorry, mate. We did cut your stuff out of the movie. They all went to see it more like we had this like near religious experience where we almost went in upset like that he was cut out of the film. Our but friend was seeing it with time. Then had right. such a good time. And she was like, I don't know if it was just right place, right time, but we all have continued talking about this. Charles and I texted that each other four weeks ago and, and just said, still thinking about yesterday. And I said, me too. I was just thinking about it on the drive home years later. And she said, I, I think I understand all the things that bug you about this movie, but I think you're missing the core. And I said, what's the core, Starley? And she said, I don't want to tell you. I want to see if you find it. I trust you. I want to see if you find it. And so I watched the movie last night and I email starly today and i go starly for the love of god please help me What's i am befuddled right. yeah i'm stanley tucci but i haven't made it right to the core right. what is the core? core and she said when are you recording and i said Record? about an hour and a half sure and she went okay stand by core incoming <laughs> and then she sent me a very long email which is like starly's want I yes and by the way very well written we love it uh, but uh, I will not read the full thing here, but this was the cornerstone of her, like, th that this movie really as a text about the Beatles, first and foremost, about the just sort of, like, odd, ephemeral power of the Beatles and the cultural good of them existing and almost, like, the public resource of needing them in our world combined with 
what she views as the ultimate act of kindness in this film, a thing she said made her cry and still makes her cry in rewatching it, which is the John Lennon reveal, which happens after this confrontation. The guy knows he's now off the hook. The woman hands him a slip of paper. She went, by the way, it took a lot of searching, but I thought you might want this. You don't know where it's going. You see him driving to the countryside, right? They're on the beach. He knocks on a door. Who opens the door? It is Robert Carlyle and what, let's say, is a pretty eerily accurate <laughs> makeup job. Here's my, is it too eerie? There's something almost disturbing about it. I was watching it. it and I was like, is this a deep fake thing? Like at a certain point you realize, because he's uncredited. I didn't know he was going to be in the movie. I didn't know the character was going to be in the movie. I certainly didn't know no, it was Carlyle. No, it was, and it was when I saw it at Tribeca. Yeah which was obviously like two months before it came out, they did the whole like, and please don't spoil yes. the thing we do at the end of this movie before the movie. So I was like, all right, something's coming. When he first opens the door, I went like, did they find some guy who just looks exactly like him? Is this weird digital shit? I also did not initially clock that it was Robert Carlyle. When it right? goes to he's their, in the makeup. When yeah. it goes to their longer conversation and you're mostly seeing him in profile, the makeup kind of falls apart. It feels like it only works dead on. And yeah. then you realize, oh, it is just prosthetics. And it's prosthetics that basically benefit from, like, forced perspective. It almost looks like he's wearing, like, a sort of like a mascot head but, yes yeah it's like a p uh, what's the word but maybe Plaster, that's you know like, but head exactly on it totally how he would have works. looked if he got to that age head we on, don't know head on it's zach's weird. like you can't prove to me that he wouldn't look like it, that th yeah. that might be exactly <laughs> what he would have looked like but let's let's interrogate the logic of the scene for a second and for one of course we're told these other two fans found him yes yes that they i guess they were like me they started googling so furiously yes. that they yes. tracked john lennon yes. down right um he knocks on his door. He goes, oh, my God, are you him? Are you John? He goes, yes. Then it cuts to them, like, walking on the beach. Yeah. Sipping tea. Having deep philosophical conversations. Right? Absolutely. About in this sort love. of very vague sense where John's like, I had a good life. I had a job I loved. I fought for the woman I was with. Right. Like, and he I've just won keeps some asking battles. Him yeah. The biggest questions. Are you happy? Right. Did you do what you this wanted? This guy in clearly your life? just chills in his seaside hut, and if a stranger comes by, being like, "Hello," <laughs> yeah. he's like, "All right, buddy, let's take right. a walk. How you doing? Because you're doing? Come seeing on. this time we'll, lapse, we'll talk and then out. and then like three minutes in, he goes like, "By the way, who are you?" Right. He asks it late. Yeah. And then he he's lets like, him in. Help. Cup of tea, long walk. I'll tell you about my dead wife. Here are my wins. Here are my losses. By the way, what's your name again? Not asking why. Who are you? Why are you here? Why are you what are you probing me? Sure. And to that, I will say. Vibes. <laughs> Hell yeah. He goes, how old are you? He says, what, 78? 78. Oh, my God. You, you made it to, to be... 78. Right. Like, he's a, like, you're crazy. A weird, intense conversation. But he's sort of trying by like, oh, well, I guess you should get help. You know, like, a little help of your friends. Whatever he says. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Double fantasy. Imagine it's nice to no see people. that he made it to old age. Look. I love John Lennon. I think sure, he's a great guy. But here is my hey. question. Yeah. Does that imply that the other Beatles were assassinated in this universe? It is weird <laughs> that when... They don't answer the other questions. Because they Look, never come up. That's true. Well, the only time they come up is in The Nightmare. Yes. They mention Paul and Ringo, who are, of course, yep. to him, to Jack, the two living Beatles. Correct. Mm -hmm. So I guess he, in his nightmare, he would be like, well, they'd still be alive. They, jo they dodge George entirely, because I guess they just don't want to touch that. You know, he died of cancer. Yes. It's sort of can't really virtual history that in the same way although of course cigarettes don't exist if you could right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but we don't have to talk about that right now but 
but you're saying what they all got they all died I'm just one no you, I'm you, just one I'm posing the you're question questions because in the world where the Beatles don't exist if it's just a inverse um, if the if the plane if the plane is Beatles don't exist then John Lennon doesn't get assassinated Beatles do exist other Beatles do get assassinated you're That's, saying it's a, if is it a, if a it's direct a math mirror. equation yeah exactly I could see McCartney becoming a politician. I mean, sure. you know, he's like he's likable. He's likable. Uh, he's an yeah. intelligent guy. Handsome, pretty, yeah, you know? yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ringo probably still just has like a viral Twitter account where he's like peace and love, peace and love. Yeah. And people are like, ah, oh, it's the peace and love guy. I love right. that guy. He just Is becomes a, a foot model. He just only posts this one thing every day. No, but it's weird. So you know, he then has this moment of like clarity, right? He he pulls all the strings. He asks to take over a Sheeran concert. He invites everyone in his entire life. He hooks up all the cameras. Joel Fry right. taps into the main. This frame. is, of course, after he's done his rooftop concert right. where he screams yeah, help, and it's yeah. sort of like which I feels love. Like he's I, think, I think that's that a seems good. Scene. Yeah, he really kind of kills that. And also, the first time I watched it, I did not know that the Beatles did a famous rooftop concert. Of course, <laughs> so that went over my yeah. head. That went over your head, but you still like. I mean, and I, I want to point out, of course, all the songs in this uh, film were sung live. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, and you can feel it. You Incredible. know, like it's not lip synced at all. No, Boyle wanted that. He's a star. That immediacy. Yes. So he does this Sheeran concert where he seemingly does an hour of new songs. Uh, yeah, he yeah. really. Yeah, that's the thing. What What is this concert where Sheeran's like, "Hello, my seventy thousand fans." Yeah. Assembled here at Wembley Stadium, Britain's largest stadium. Right. Anyway, ta ta. Here comes Jack to do not like one or two songs. I think Sheeran has been so thoroughly like. Little rinsed. brothered by him, yeah, yeah, just fucking <laughs> it, after their their songwriting competition, that he's just like, all right, he man, can't get it what, up. Whatever <laughs> he's you like, want. ruined yeah. for people. He's just like stalking the earth for people who have not watched this movie. It's not like Sheeran's in a cameo. He's no, in two he's scenes like the playing himself. Character with Ed yeah. Sheeran. Yeah, he gets the win. and Kate McKinnon. Yeah, he's in it so fucking much. And there's the scene where post concert when this guy's fucking killed. He goes like, "Here, let's do it. Challenge." Right, right, right. We both go to separate rooms. Fifteen minutes. Yeah, I'll write a song. You'll write a song. And he comes out and he the James sings a little Corden ditty. challenge. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, uh, uh, Jack is like, he, do? he does "Long and Winding Road." Right. Yeah. And he goes, Ed Sheeran says, "My friends always told me someday it would happen." Also, who are your fucking friends? What the fuck are you talking? We're just like Some- Sheeran. You might be on top now, and right. I will expect you to pay for this right. dinner. <laughs> Right, but yes. someone's coming. But he frames it like his friends go, Ed. We know, of course, you are uncontested, the greatest songwriter of right, all right. time. Number one, right? No one Wait, could hold challenge. On. Let this. me look this up. Ed Sheeran's friends. <laughs> <laughs> but someday, nothing's coming up. Oh no! Oh my god! You're just seeing hold Friends, on. the TV show. Someday yeah. there will be another. It's almost like a Jedi prophecy. Someday there will be at, at some the point, one man who can write songs better and faster. Than I think you. Kate McKinnon says he's John the Baptist. You're. You're she Jesus, does, she right? does yes. make a yes. John the Baptist yes. right. joke. And he yeah. makes the Salieri Mozart joke. Yes. But there is this attitude that he has where he's like, I was told this day would come. My time is up. Yep, it's, oh, it's over. Yes. Yep. Yeah. You are it. You Don't are, even let the audience You vote. are the, the shadow that has been right. stalking So me. he's had the debut concert. The yeah. album, I assume, has now come out. Or is about to or about whatever. To. I think it's about to. The yeah, guy, it hasn't come out yet because Kate McKinnon oh, makes oh, no of course, money. Of course, of right, course. Right, so right. machinery is all in place, but the yeah. guy has made his big landing, right? Everyone's yeah. amped for this album. Ed Sheeran goes, I got a surprise for you. 
he's the greatest songwriter in the world. He cucked me. He fucked my <laughs> wife and she liked it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Jack Malik, right? And then he does a bunch, and one assumes this was actually filmed at a Sheeran concert because like the whole crowd comes yeah. out. There's like they production. do a bunch of bits. Yes. yes. And then he goes like, Do you I, like this stuff? I'm assuming. I love this. It's stuff. pretty fun. Okay, I love it. This feels like a good Danny Boyle. And the, the the big screen the Lily. Stage. That's a real Danny right. Boyle conceit. When I, mean, I saw that, yes. I was like, as an actor, mm-hmm. that is my nightmare to have to perform this intimate. Oh sure. Scene with. All of these background tens of thousands of actors just watching you on a massive close up on a huge, like, hundred foot television screen. But she is so good in this movie. She's 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 incredible. It works. She's a winning presence, Miss Lily James. He makes his grand plea for her love that he fucked it up, right? They cut to Gavin, the train man in the audience. At first, he's kind of like, Yes. Yeah, and then he's kind of just and like And then they cut to know, him again and he's got tears in yeah, his eyes. Yeah, he's kind of like carving his own name in his gravestone. He's like, he got me. Right, so and over. also meanwhile, his other friends are holding up a sign that says, play summer song. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's like their bit. Yeah. It's a pretty good bit. Also, yes. uh, rude to invite Gavin to the concert. Yeah. I understand maybe what was happening. she's like, hey, you have to give me a plus one. You cannot invite him. Yeah, he's maybe like, that's what it Trust was. Trust me, three hours from now, you're going to thank me if he's not there. <laughs> it's better for everyone if he's not here. But he says, I have to admit, I didn't write the songs. I didn't write it. And there's earlier scenes in the movie where he basically tries to say that he didn't write them. People right are like, at the start. What are you and talking about? What do you mean? Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And he is like, no, I'm going to I'm gonna make the impassioned plea to make people believe me. And he goes, I didn't write them. They were written by four men. John, Paul, Ringo, George. Yes. Right. John Lennon, sitting in his cottage, whenever <laughs> word gets back to him. It's a good, fair question. Right? It's going to go, what are you talking about? I've never written... So I, when I was thirteen, maybe I noodled on guitar a bit. I'm out here collecting seashells. I didn't write shit. He's gonna sue Jack Malik for spreading um, misinformation. Right, right. He'll, he'll he'll join into the Anadarmus yes. lawsuit with yes. a right. side suit. They're yep. trying to frame this like everyone goes like, "Holy shit, he stole it from four men." This is not going to be the end of this media coverage. There's going to be a news story. People are going to try to track down these four There's guys. There's going he to just be cited. so many stories, and then the, those four guys are going to go. I never. I don't write songs. Truly, I'm a shoe salesman. Maybe my favorite part. Peace and love. Is that love. the audience in this stadium goes on such a roller coaster yes. where they, they boo? They yeah. process back this in. information yeah. so quickly. Yes. Their yes. first reaction is boo, yes. which I don't even understand because I think no one would believe him. No, everyone would just they be would like, thinking You're he's being having weird. a manic episode. Right. Yes, yes. absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. It would absolutely be TMZ cell phone footage of a really weird thing happening. Right. All of us would be saying, Hey, let's not make jokes. Clearly, something's wrong with this guy. Totally. Yes. It would be but very quickly right. Boo yeah. immediately. <laughs> Disassociating. Yeah. Right. We believe what you're saying, which makes no sense, and we hate you right away. Then he gets to the next part yeah. about the the love of his life, and yeah. they essentially collectively, aww. Yeah. Right, right. Then they win him back. It's true. Lily James has put him really. Then yes. they're That's almost the... like angry at Lily James for th- almost not wanting to Come like. Come on! Yes. Do He's it. charming! <laughs> Then he announces he, he conned us all. <laughs> he will be uploading the songs for free. Yes, sure. at which point Power they, to the people. <laughs> they cheer and, yeah. and thank Yay. this great man. We they, love your songs again. That all that whole thing happens in about the course of fifteen seconds. Yeah, the entire audience processes it together right. in perfect harmony. It is a and great, I love that. It and is and a great, Richard Curtis is kind of just like you said. He's yeah. like, 
Yeah, you know, it's like, just that's just society it's is vibes. updated. To right, this. then they go backstage. They go to each other. Gavin comes out of the shadows. Yeah. Well, I have a pretty funny perspective on this whole thing. Right, friend peering around the corner. She's like, "Don't worry, we'll probably get married." Movie over. Right, and then well, they flee Kate McKinnon, who's yes. like, ah! "Oh yes, yes. Uh, yes." But then they get out, and then there is. The kind of thing that just always gets me these days, a little montage of them with their beautiful children after they have a beautiful wedding, you know, and they're they're playing with their cute little kids. I am fully on board with watching these two actors be in love. It is a thing that frustrates me in the movie. That it's not happening enough. That both of them are so self-defeating for so long. It'd be one thing if they're trying to make the relationship work and it's being tested by all of this. But I'm like, that scene where they spend the day in Liverpool is so fucking charming and when they're in the hotel and they start kissing i'm like fucking hooting and hollering like david i'm like thank you thank you thank you thank you absolutely and then for her to say i don't want to be a one-night stand i'm leaving right now he wakes up runs to her she's like i'm giving you one last chance but it's an ultimatum you have to pick one or the other i the person who have told you to prioritize your career above all else forever am now saying you have to choose. These two things can't exist. Oh, oh you also see him, I forgot, playing Obladi Oblada for a bunch of school kids because yeah. he's become a teacher. And and Danny Boyle goes, see? And then Tribute there's to my sister. the Harry Potter joke. And People change Harry their Potter minds. Joke. Which, Riff? I, I know. Oh, I just think her behavior is pretty erratic Well, in this because one. it's an insane situation that he's been put in and that she's been put in. And I think that she may have for years and years been in his corner when he was but, nobody and yes. then all of a sudden when he gets this opportunity she's like well I'm not going to be able to well, be a part of your and, life anymore but she, he and, also goes I need you to be part of my life and she goes like I can't I'm a school teacher well I'm one saying. might also say oh, but the, oh, but that life goes on that's true well, <laughs> well, but also it's part partially I think what inspires her to finally be like enough of this is he's now writing these love songs sure and she's like how am i not the one you're writing these songs about and he's like you don't understand it's kind of just the middle of their career right. it was what right. they excelled at <laughs> i do think that is such a good little curtis yeah moment. that she's like what the fuck penny lane eleanor rigby right. who are we talking about here but also the end i love her I of love just her. like yeah. seeing that song written on a board and being like who is the her i think how that's I- why she's finally like Enough of this. Like, yeah. you gotta, you gotta make your move. But he work. also tries to confess to her, and she shuts it down. Like it's well, like, she shuts it down because it's nonsense. Yes, it Which would be is like if they... I was like D- Griffin. All my reviews, I didn't write them. Jim Smith wrote them, and you're like, who's Jim Smith? <laughs> yes. I'm like, you don't know who he is because he doesn't exist, but he yeah. used to exist. And, he and only I know about him. He doesn't know that he wrote them. <laughs> you would just be like, what are you talking about? If you held a gun to Jim Smith's head. <laughs> He would say, I've never seen a movie in my life. It would just, we would not be able to further the conversation because no. you would just be like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'll be like, well, I have no proof right. of what I'm talking about. Yes. And that would be it. Now, there are the, the iTunes extras. No, no, wait. Okay, Zach, yes. Harry, oh, Potter. About Harry Potter. Yes. So, well, oh, what I'm going to say is off that as well. Yes, in yes. the extras, they yep. have an alternate uh, here ending. Here we go. We're okay, rushing. There is an alternate pie. ending in the I actually extras, preferred, right. I think. I agree. Okay, what happens so in the alternate in the, ending? In the, in the movie, as is, we see that they're in they're having their life together and he, he makes says, a like, Voldemort reference. He says, like, this is so weird. I feel like I'm Harry Potter and I just you know Which is an incredibly trite thing to right, say, sure. but whatever. And he's like, yeah. and now everything's supposed to go back to normal, but but yeah. you know And she's like, who's how Harry can she says who's Harry Potter? In the deleted scene, in the alternate ending, she is the one who makes the Harry Potter reference, and he says, 
who's Harry Potter. It's the exact same No, I can't scene. handle that. Yeah. No, 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 no. That's and too much. I love it I so I prefer much it. I prefer because it. Because it implies that she has her own little kind Agreed. of like no, no, thing no, no, that no, no, she's no. the only one who David, remembers. David is truly spinning in his chair. <laughs> no, that's good. Like that's tearing good. the yarn and down. They're, they're, <laughs> no, that makes sense. After she says this, there is quite a lingering shot on her face where it almost is implied that she makes the decision to not write right. the Harry Potter books. Right, like Hamish Patel does more of a never mind where he's like, I've been down this road yeah, before. Yeah, 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 right. That, that way lies trouble. Right, so. she's, you, and Lily James plays it very yes. well, is doing the math in her head of like, I could just fucking write this. Yes, but then she's already got the life she wants. Right. She doesn't so she need goes anything. back. No, I, to I'm sorry. No, and another no, change, I can't handle that, another though. change in the alternate ending, which I actually also preferred is, at the end of the movie, an Ed Sheeran song plays as they're getting in the car and driving off together mm. when they're finally like together. In the alternate ending, he's in the car playing that song for her and it's Himesh Patel performing it. Mm. And it's really nice. It's yeah. beautiful. It's nice. He's got a great voice. He's got a really lovely sweet. Voice. They're so charming. I imagine the reason they got rid of that is they didn't want to get into did he write this or did Ed Sheeran write yes. this? It, or, it, it's like a further logic right. sinkhole. So I, sure. I assume that led to it being kind of no, I just on the soundtrack. that but, alternate ending. Oh, but David, I love it. David, follow me down this road no. for a little bit. No, okay? I can't. I thought it was that he got hit by the bus, which is why he's like somehow. But then why do the other two people remember? Well, I, I just assumed that they similarly in that split second had some traumatic event that had kind of removed them from now, he, it. Now, here's right? one little director's commentary tidbit. Because he also doesn't know what the other things are. Right? Like, or he does know what the other... He knows what I mean. cigarettes yeah, and coke right. and it's like, it's, okay, oasis. What, what happens in the director's commentary? One, there's one moment where... I think Richard Curtis, I couldn't really tell that. That was my one shred of sanity. And now you're taking <laughs> well, let's see how let's see how this I, hits I you. I truly cannot remember the last time I've seen David be this work. Let's see how this hits you because I believe it's Richard Curtis says he's always asked, you know, well, why didn't you like it? Or like what caused this? Like mm -hmm. what happened? What was it that caused it? And he says, like, I don't really know specifically, but sure. I always kind of thought of it as in that, because the moment before he gets hit by the bus yes. is that moment where Lily James is in the car and she like almost reaches out to like almost kiss him. Yeah. And then you see her face kind of fall. Mm -hmm. And he says, I always thought of it as the force of her love is so strong and she wants something to change that can make them be together. So she like cosmically that, wills. Yes, that causes a, a global event. shift in reality. And yes, yes she's like the Scarlet Witch. Yes, ultimately yes. leads to them. This being is a together. House of M situation. <laughs> yes, that is wild. Has another thing left on the cutting room floor? Uh, the soundtrack for this movie. Track two is Daniel Pemberton, who did the score for he this did film. The score, obviously, mostly you know, sort of supporting stuff you yes. know, to the Beatles music. Yeah, I, I tell you, Beatles. Uh, he's a music love, maybe he's one of my takes favorite, favorite living composers. front seat on this it movie. Does. I mean, they spent enough money on that one. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but Daniel Pemberton is great. Uh, track two on the soundtrack is Daniel Pemberton's version of the Universal Fanfare, done in the style of the Beatles. Oh. And David, uh, we are cute. fanfare aficionados. I think it is incredibly well done. Well, that's because Daniel Pemberton? Good. I don't know why they did not use this. They should have. I'm going to check that out. Yeah. Later. It's like 15 seconds and you're just like, and it even, he does a really good job of like, it's somehow within the very limited amount of universal fanfare covers different eras of the Beatles. Um... That's fun. Yeah. I mean, Pemberton is such a genius. Yeah. He did the Steve Jobs score, obviously. He did my one of my favorite 
movie scores that I listen to more than I've seen the movie King Arthur Legend of the Sword. Right, you just fucking, the fucking love that oh, thing. I'll crank it after we're done recording. Do you like listen to that when you're like at the gym? Yeah, it's like pump up music. Yeah. Yeah. Dun, 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 like that. It's like yeah. very big. It's brassy. like all of David's top 25 most played on iTunes is so, the so King funny. Arthur Legend of the Sword. I'll have to add that to my list of things yeah. to yes. check out after you, the episode. You, you absolutely must. The most important American um, media. Uh, should we talk about what's next for Danny Boyle as I've we wind w- this down? Yeah, do final we, okay, go ahead. iTunes so. extras moment. Yeah. Did you watch the gag reel? No. Okay, so the gag reel, it's a couple minutes. It, yeah. It's pretty fun. Unfortunately, a lot of it in the beginning is just things falling over. Mm. Not very like, funny. Like, That's not that fun. Yeah. But there is there is one moment which was so funny, and it's one of the best bits in the movie mm-hmm. where uh uh, what is the guy's name? Rocky, his his yeah. roadie oh, friend, yes. Joel Fry. Joel yeah. Fry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is they're at the hotel concert. He's about to lead him out in front of his like thousands of adoring fans, and he starts to give him this emotional speech of like, you know, up until now, I kind of felt like my life had no purpose. I True. didn't know why I was born, but now I feel like it's to help you bring your music to everyone. Nice. And then he opens the door and says, oops, wrong door. <laughs> and then leads him the other way to the crowd. Yes. Funny moment. Okay. Very funny moment in the movie. Yeah. And in the gag reel, it's very funny because Himesh Patel cannot keep it together during the emotional part of the speech because he knows what's coming. So sure. he, he sees the sure. So Joel Fry is really trying to give him his best and he keeps laughing and he keeps being like, why are you laughing at this? And that is, to me, that's worth paying for the iTunes text. Hey, all right. Uh, or you can probably find it on YouTube, I imagine. Well, it's, it's probably, uh, better, let's, it let's just be say on my just damn Blu-ray. Two other long tail effects of this movie. The Andalmer's lawsuit's number one, right? After it comes out, uh, the writer Jack Barth went to do a bunch of interviews to talk about how he felt. You know, there was a lot uh, of. Uh, unsurprisingly, he he did leap for his moment of fame dust after searching for so over long. that right. So sure. that got like a couple news cycle rotations, and then the other thing is, Deadline every year now does their like most valuable blockbusters and their biggest failings, where they try to using some sort of like anonymous data they have right tabulate for different movies what their net profit was so it's like uh uh you know uh, which movies relative to money money versus cost right but they're trying to factor in all these other things like marketing and uh, theater splits and all that sort of stuff so they uh said that this film made like a 45 million dollar profit within its original theatrical run that's not tidy very tidy tidy right and they were like it was a 40 million dollar budget or so with tax incentives it was 23 it's cheap yeah it it played well over the world and like this movie's probably gonna have a long tail right and then like four months later deadline ran a story which was like we never get these but someone sent us the full like write down on this movie the like classic hollywood accounting where universal tried to argue that this film was Made no money, 90 so million not, dollars right, in yeah, the yeah, red yeah. right 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 so that they wouldn't have to pay any profits on it and it's one of the like this and harry potter and the order of the phoenix are the two times the those harry documents sort of have basically one. leaked out this is right. like they were like not since harry potter has one of these hit the internet you can read it it's pretty fascinating because it includes stuff like the way this all works where they're like nbc universal the company paid Universal Studios to distribute the film. Right. And they paid them $40 million to distribute it to be able to say, well, we made a mistake. We paid... Paid too much money. Uh Uh-oh. To ourselves. To ourselves. We bought way too many TV ads on NBC. So now this company's losing money for this company. Right. Uh, The company we own that owns the billboards. We bought too many of them. 
anyway. All but of that. That, shows that doesn't even include that I spent fourteen ninety five on the to buy it on iTunes two days ago. And yeah. you and you talked them up, right? right. Gotta, iTunes yeah. is like, we'll give it to you for ten, and you're like, <laughs> exactly, higher, higher. exactly. I'm negotiating yeah. this up. I yeah. said I'm paying you what it's worth. <laughs> right? You, you you bought it on iTunes, and immediately Hamesh Patel got a call where he was like, we need you to wire us fifteen dollars. Yeah. And he's why? And he's like, Zach Cherry bought it, and for some reason now the you math, have to pay yeah, us. Exactly. Yeah, for that's so I, I'm sorry that that happened, but I had to get the extras. Yes, the extras. Are good. Um, the Danny, late scenes fast. Danny Boyle's career. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he will make another film. God bless. You know, we'll see. Will he make Methuselah? Future, will he make Miss right. Saigon? Obviously, he worked on Pistol. That's mm-hmm. you can watch that. I would uh, love to see him FX. jump off of FX and back into uh, the theater. I agree. So yes. I want to see him make a movie about someone trying to pitch this movie yes. in a world where the Beatles do not exist. That that's what that's I want. Insane. That, that's insane. That movie would be bleak psychological <laughs> horror. That yeah, movie exactly. is like William Freaking return to his roots of, of extremely stressful psychological. <laughs> you just like cast Michael Shannon, and it's about a man losing his mind. <laughs> the Beatles are never there. <laughs> Obviously, yes, he's been attached to Warner Brothers' Methuselah, a very uh-huh. long-running project about a thousand-year-old yes, man. It's an action movie starring Michael B. Jordan. It was originally developed as a Tom Cruise vehicle about the Will world's Smith. oldest man. Various people have been, uh, anyway, but look, no one Michael really B. knows Jordan what's up with Jordan has the that. juice now. If he wants to make that movie, I'm sure make, he that, may or may not. That could get me. There is also, of course, the long-running rumors that he wants to make a 28 months or years <laughs> later. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only other thing he's been linked to very recently is Fox Searchlight's Antarctica. Okay. Which is, we were texting about this, yeah. some sort of... Oh, right. Uh, like, sort of survival against the odds type movie about a guy who, like... Ran a thousand miles this across Antarctica. This has come Antarctica. up since we started our mini. Exactly. Is that in the uh, Australia cinematic universe? Oh uh, well, you know what? I Knock mean, it would be fun if they if yeah. there was like a project to get every continent a movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah, no, 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 just you wait. You could imagine five years ago someone going to the studios and going globe cinematic universe. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, guys, we start out with Europe. Everybody knows. Yeah. Post credits though, Africa. <laughs> I don't know. Um. <laughs> Uh, do you have and Miss Saigon? He does talk about a lot. Is sort of like yeah. we haven't gotten the script there, but I really want to do a I musical. I just, I'd love to it see him do a musical. Be I'm not sure I want to do that one. No. Do you have Danny Boyle rankings? I do. Oh, he does. Look at me. I did it in advance. I prepped it. I oh, put up a private letterbox fantastic. list, and I made sure my rankings were settled um, before I came. But should we today. play the box office game before we do that? Absolutely. All I right. don't have Danny Boyle rankings, but. Yesterday is my number. It's your one. number one. I'm and not joking. It is definitely. We're gonna my read them out, and so you're gonna hear all his films. Yes. So I have not seen against, all. Of them. I know, yeah, but maybe you'll think like, "Oh, do I like yeah. it more than that?" Yeah. Yeah. The answer so. is yes. I do like it more than that. Um. So mm-hmm. this film opened June 28th, 2019. Okay. Uh, it opened number three to a healthy 17 million dollars. Uh huh. It ended up making 16. Yeah, it legs that out to uh, 73. Jesus. Pretty good. And it does like 150 worldwide. 154 worldwide. Yeah. And uh, I did not even see it at that he, time. You know, Zach wasn't even pumping money into the fucking arcade machine at that point. <laughs> uh, number one at the box office, however, in its second week is a gigantic animated sequel. Hmm, Although I, believe- I think it didn't make quite as much money as hoped. It is a weird case. I obviously know what movie we're talking about. It's a Toy Story 4. The game. film is Toy Story 4, and it made a billion dollars. It outgrossed like it didn't Toy do well. Story 3, but the jump between but, but 2 and 3 was so huge, and the jump between 1 and 2 was so huge that I think they assumed this one will also make 30% more than the previous but one. But it basically made the same amount, it right? It made a tiny, a tiny bit, bit more. more. 
Right. Yes. It was a huge hit that somehow was still seen as almost quietly a disappointment. The other thing was the year before that was Incredibles 2, which overperformed yeah. so greatly. So they were like, these Pixar sequels are running in the bank. And right. it, it made money. Made a lot of money. What do you think of Toy Story 4? Uh, I remember liking it, but I don't have strong, strong. How do you feel theory. about Forky? I do enjoy Forky. Forky's <laughs> he gets a I turtle. Do, I yeah. do enjoy Forky. Yeah. Yeah, Forky's fun. Got my big old Forky mug over there against the wall. Uh, I've now seen Toy Story 4 several times, and I really, I do like Lucky it. You. I've always liked it. Lucky you. Every time you text about rewatching Toy Story 4 and finding new appreciation for it, I feel vindicated. Vindicated, I am. Uh, number two, mm-hmm. new this week, okay. is a horror sequel. Hmm. It is the third in this specific series which is part of a larger it's, universe. so it's a sub-series correct is it third annabelle it's the third annabelle which is called comes home annabelle comes home right which now is I've weird because seen... it's also like annabelle three conjuring three i mean don't and even don't even tom holland did doesn't is not in that one even though it's in the home version <laughs> that's true annabelle's coming home spider-man I guess remains far from it. Yes. He can't touch Annabelle. They should cut to you oh, standing to Annabelle. the side of Annabelle's glass case With saying, like a cell phone. Do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I have you seen, haven't seen... I No, I haven't seen Comes Home. I have seen Annabelle 1, yeah. which is fairly bad. And the second one's and the I Sandberg one. And I have seen one. Annabelle 2, Annabelle Creation, the prequel, right. which is pretty good. David Sandberg's a pretty good director. Yes, but it's not as good as Ouija no. Ouija Origin of Evil which is fantastic, which is the um yes. uh, what's his name? Uh Flanagan. Flanagan. Yes. But it's just funny that there are two prequels. Yes. Within <laughs> these sort of silly horror franchises, yes. they're both made by kind of like slightly elevated horror directors yes. that are better than the movies around Where them. Where that was their launch pad. Yes. Uh, and Animal yeah. Creation, uh, that the Sandberg movie, that's the one with like Anthony LaPaglia running an orphanage. Uh, sure. It's just it's so good. funny that, like, I think people who haven't seen any of these movies don't realize she's not like Megan or Chucky. She doesn't move. She sits in a glass case and bad things happen. Annabelle never, like, gets out and is possessed and does shit. Uh, no, she's always just kind of there. Yet, she's just right? there. She's just in a glass case. She you never see her, her go, like... Maybe sometimes I think you do. they look over and she's sitting in a different place. Yeah. But she never moves. So, um, and which franchise did that spin off of? Conjuring. Conjuring, right. In Conjuring 1, she's in the basement. Right. I have and they're seen like, we Conjuring. dealt with her. Whoo! She's like, <laughs> you right. do not want to open that fucking They talk case. about that as like their worst case. And then Annabelle Comes Home is about them getting her. Uh, Annabelle Comes, well, Annabelle 1 is about that case. Right. And Annabelle Comes Home is the prequel. Right. And of course, uh, I just as we always have to point out, the real Annabelle is just a raggedy. It's just a raggedy handle. Just a raggedy handle. It's just a raggedy handle. Uh, But it is a real doll, and it is in the Warren Spooky Connecticut uh, Museum of Crap. Wait, really? Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. And she really is in a case, and it really does say "Do not open." For Mika and Wilson, are in Come Home. They are in both uh, movies, but I think uh, like not main characters. They pop up in both. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a pop-up. I guess. It's number three yesterday. Number okay. four is a Disney remake. Should have been number one. Sorry. Uh, is Good it Aladdin? Point. It's Aladdin. Another quick bill for Disney. That's <laughs> true. Just, just, just racking yep. them up. I mean, this was the year where it was yep. like, it was people, like, this is going to work. Oh, it worked. Right. Yeah. And then they had Star Wars at the end of the year. They had like $5 billion movies in this one year. Number five. Frozen 2 was the same year. too. It was like insane. They had five, a murder. This sequel. Was, this was the year okay. that caused us for when people to replay say the clips where like, why is it all COVID ending? Happened. Why is Disney releasing every big sequel this year? Anyway, whatever, go on. 
Number five, animated made a sequel. I just hate talking about this movie. You hate this movie? I know. I, I hate it coming up with a box office game because I'm bored of it. I don't care. It's an animated sequel. It's Illumination. Who cares? Who cares? It's from Illumination. Secret Life of Pets too. Exactly. Well, why are you? I'm so... sick of talking about it. Well, you Secret was... Life of Pets. You say too. this like it's coming up all the it's time. It's always coming up. When? I don't know. Anytime we do a movie for around now, <laughs> I think we just did our Men in Black International. Oh, that's, that's what it is. Six. Okay. And then Avengers Endgame is seven. Okay. You got Child's right, Play. Another insane Disney two yeah. billion dollars. Yeah. You got Child's Play the uh, the remake without. Right, uh, Mancini. So this Annabelle kind of underperformed a little bit. Did it? Did it outgrow? It's opening twenty remake. Chucky. You split the doll vote. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. They kind of might have fucked each op- other. It's opening a week after Chucky. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Also, you know, he's not Chucky in that movie, right? That was the weird split of the rights. <sighs> I, I can't talk about this with you. He's not Chucky. Anybody. His name's Buddy. Well, he's not Chucky in the originals. His his name is. Like he's buddy good guy or right, something. Right. And That's then Chucky right. is, is the he's serial a good, possessing. He's a good guy tall doll. Right. Yeah. Chucky is the Charles Lee Ray. Yeah, is like the villain himself. Right. right. So right. the weird split of the rights is that Don Mancini owns Chucky and oh. MGM owns Child's Play. Right. So this movie is about it's Megan. It's an AI doll. I hate it. It's not possessed. It's an AI doll. Number named nine. Buddy. Yeah. Is a film that Zach already referenced that I'm a fan of and I hmm. think you're a fan of. Okay. Rocket Man. Oh, yes. I thought like, Harlan Williams, I thought, did Disney re release it this year? No, Rocketman is very. I wasn't making a Harlan joke. Williams I got too confused. busy recording endless episodes of Puppy Dog Pals that I have to watch. Yes, they, Disney did a live action Rocketman. <laughs> they did. Bring it State of the art ILM. Yeah, right. Motion capture. Stagecraft. Uh, no, it's uh, the, no, the charming Elton John. Very good. Yes. Uh, do you like Rocketman? Yes, I it's loved it. Very pro Rocketman. And the number 10. John Wick Chapter 3. Mm, the best. Parabellum. Parabellum. Yeah. Um, and that was what was doing at the box office in that glorious summer of 2019. I went to see this film with Emma Stefanski at the Tribeca Film Festival. I remember it well. We went to Mudville 9 afterwards, which I believe closed during the pandemic. No, it's still open. Well, Famous wing bar on Humblebrag, I want to end this episode because we've already taken up enough of Zach's time exactly. that he missed his showing of that, uh, Dungeons that, and Dragons that, that on our main feed. Well, you gotta, you gotta catch the 7 o'clock or whatever. Yeah. Sorry, Zach. Uh, Boyle list. Do you want to go first? No, you go first. Down to up? Whatever you want. Whatever you think. What do we usually do? I don't know. Ben, what do we usually do? You usually go bottom up. Okay, bottom up. Okay. Bottom of the list for me? Or no. You, it's never consistent. It's never consistent, so it doesn't matter. So Bottom do whatever list, you want. On. You Let's wanna, do, you wanna do middle this. out. Middle out compression. <laughs> <laughs> you want to do it. I know what you're going to do. Just do it. Number 13 for you. It's uh, No, yeah, that's not what I want to do. Oh, okay, fair enough. Number 13, lucky number 13, life less ordinary. Wow. Yeah, right at the bottom for you. My apologies. Number 12 yesterday. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought you were about to do. I, no, I wasn't going to do it. I apologize. Right. I hope we can remain I'm friends. I'm just stewing over here. I hope so we I can know. remain friends. My father still wants to take you out to dinner. <laughs> Number 11? Slumdog Millionaire. Wow. It, it just, Really low. I don't even hate it, but truly, I know he said this in the rewatch, it just did nothing for me. Okay, what's 10? Trance. Yeah. Compellingly weird. Keep going. Nine? Millions. Sure. Eight? Shallow Grave. Eighth. Wow, okay. Keep going. Seven? The Beach. The Beach. Okay, six. 127 hours. Yeah, you like that one? I have not one? seen that one. Yeah, Didn't even know that was a boil. This That's is what I mean. Yeah. Who knows? This guy does everything. Five. Go ahead. T2, train spotting. Yeah. Which. A secret winner. 
and, and has jumped up in the three days since we recorded that oh, episode. You thought, you know, yeah. It was at six. It went right up to the top five. <laughs> Number four, 28 Days Later. Yeah. David, congratulations. Number three, Steve Jobs. I'm happy you made it that high. Good, good job, Steve. It would have, without a rewatch, sure. been bottom three for me, no question. I was so sour on it the first time. Sorry, which Steve Jobs? He did the He did the, Fast the Fastbender one, not gotcha. the Ashton Kutcher gotcha. one. Yeah. It would be really funny if it was the Ashton Kutcher the, one. And the I Fastbender one is the, the Sorkin yes. written. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, number two on my that. ranking, Good movie. Jobs. The Ashton Kutcher movie. I just included <laughs> it. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, uh, well, num- what is it? Number I two is Transpotting, sure. which means, of course, number that number one is Darkman. Very good. Yeah. My number one is Sunshine. Yeah. There you go. Can I say, uh, well, no, you do your list and then I'll say Number this. 13 yesterday. I'm sorry, Zach. Don't get mad at me. I like all his <laughs> movies. I mean, everyone's allowed to be wrong. I like all his movies. <laughs> And maybe this one will rise for me. This has actually been a very pleasant conversation about it. And I really well, did have a nice time with it. one of the kindest men in the world. Number 12, Trance. Number 11, A Life Less Ordinary. Okay. Those are certainly, those three are kind of just yeah. like in the kind of like mixed bag territory for yes. me. Yes. What's up, Ben? Just, I, wow. Okay. Well, did I put Trance over it? Yeah. Wow, you guys are really making me feel like a bully. Yeah. Come Sorry. on. I don't know. I Whatever. have a lot of problems with this movie. Why don't cigarettes I'm not exist? even sure either of you watched the movie, to be honest. <laughs> I watched it. <laughs> you want me to call my wife right now? I got the 4K. There was I no got steel the 4K. Book. You sound like I Tim Blake Nelson. Look pointed at him. <laughs> Look at the <laughs> Number 10, The Beach. Yeah. Number 9, Millions. Number 8, 127 Hours. Mm-hmm. Number 7, Slumdog Millionaire. Mm-hmm. I have a little more respect for it. Okay. Number 6, train T2 Train Spotting. Mm-hmm. Number five, Shallow Grave. Mm-hmm. Four, 28 Days Later. Three, Train Spotting. Two, Sunshine. One, Steve Jobs. I have to listen to my heart. Steve Jobs, number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was close, though, this top two. Yeah. And wh- sorry, where does Yesterday rank with the alternate ending? Oh, that would put it in a new terrifying zone. <laughs> its that- number would be Off some eldritch rune that's on fire. <laughs> I'll-, I'll say this, Zach. Watching the deleted scenes, I was like, "There is possibly yeah, a version like of this you movie think, that I bump up." Right, you're, there's a movie you prefer That's in so the, interesting. In the yeah. alternate cut. Yeah, I get why they smoothed it all. I, yeah, I was like, just get all the decisions they made. Just vibe. I mean, you yeah, just vibe. You're, give yeah. me the vibe. You're, you're the producer who, when they're running these, you're just like vibes, man. Make yes. the vibiest choice. What are you looking up, Griffin? I want to pull this up. Because we were just obviously he's, so... He's bringing up his apology letter that he's written me right, his notes app. <laughs> yeah. He's screenshotting it. He's going to tweet it out. We were obviously very, just very gung-ho pro-Sunshine in our episode. Oh, I yeah. did love Sunshine, to be, Great to, movie. to be clear. And we were like, anyone who doesn't like the ending is stupid, right? And then I saw some people on the Reddit be like, can you at least explain why you like the ending? Even if you're going to argue that it works, can you explain it? And then one Redditor, I just thought, fucking nailed it. And I've been sitting on this since the episode came out, where I'm like, I wish I had said this, okay? Wow. go ahead. Uh, Big moment. 226 upvotes from death underscore mullet. My argument when it comes to the ending is that when you think about the theme of mental health survival and Christian fascist proselytization, the last third isn't so much, quote-unquote, devolving into a slasher as it's more humanity meeting with its final obstacle, a version of itself so imbued with zealotry, it turns against all notions of self-preservation or hope for the collective. It's pretty much perfect. Right. That is my feeling, is that the ending is a literalization of the themes that have been there the entire time. So whereas for some people it feels like a wild swing in terms of genre and reality— 
I'm like, it's the escalation of a movie in which humanity keeps on failing to rewrite the rules of its universe. I'm all for that. Yeah. That's that's just terrific. And literally yeah. the same could be said about the ending of yesterday. I, so look, I don't really I mean, know. I, I would not be surprised if I found out that Pinbacker was a producer on yesterday. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> That's who, when he goes to the record label, he's just yeah. like, I am God. We, we, the sun is your only boss. One man only. Here comes the sun. <laughs> <laughs> I love that song you have about, what is good day, sunshine. Um, oh my God. Danny Boyle, I think has been a delight for us to cover. Yeah. I've just liked the, the swings and roundabouts. It's been a fun ride. Hey, let's say what's happening next. I was about to tell you. You got to set it up. David's had his well, wait. choice. Let's yeah, let's 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 say what the next series is going to be. Ben is holding up an intertitle card, right? That says the films of Buster Keaton. Hey, you guys already guessed it, basically. My guy, I've wanted to do for a very long time. Here's what we're doing: it is the run of films that he directed, right? Buster Keaton Productions. With his first two MGM films tacked on at the end, yes, it's going to be double banger episodes because his films are very short. They're short. So next week, mm-hmm. with no break. Going straight in. We have three ages in our house hospitality. Our mm-hmm. hospitality. Three yes. ages and our hospitality. Three ages and our hospitality. Uh, and then we're going to be doing Sherlock Jr. and the Navigator, Seven Chances and Go West, Battling Butler and the General, College and Steamboat Bill Jr., and then the cameraman and Spite Marriage. Those are the, the first MGM two MGM films. movies. But those we'll are the films that. that he either directed or sort of ghost directed. That are long enough to qualify right. as. Sap House. As, uh, Sap House. The Sap Head is his first feature film, but he did not direct that. We're not including that. We're starting with, uh, as as you said, Three uh, Ages, which is his first directorial credit. Three Ages, yes. Credit. And now, important to talent. note... Uh, I've seen some people when they saw it the, uh, or started to surmise that perhaps we were doing this. Oh, are these movies going to be so hard to watch? Hey, guess what? These movies are public domain. They are the easiest movies to they're watch. They're on YouTube. Ooh, we have ever covered on this podcast. But they're also all collected quite nicely on the Criterion Collection. The Criterion Collection right now has like basically a near complete run of Buster Keaton in really good transfers. The thing that obviously changes is the transfers, the color timing, where for some of the films they're tinted even though they're in black and white. The scores, those things can be trademarked. But Criterion has a really good collection including uh, basically his entire surviving short film right. collection. And we're going to do an episode with a bunch of those short films with the great Dana Stevens, who, of course, wrote Cameraman, the Buster Keaton book. So that will be happening on Patreon. Yeah. But those will be the Buster Keaton episodes. Yeah. And it's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Anyway. Ha, ha, ha. Let's all laugh. Please don't be daunted that, by the smile. fact that we're doing silent films from the 30s. I want everyone to like this. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. Do you want to get a player piano in the studio? Absolutely. No. I do yep. want to get an yes. X-Men versus Put uh, Street Fighter. Put it on the blank check account. Well, we could talk about that. I have, I've had some thoughts. Oh, okay. Fair enough. I, I think you should experiment with the medium and do silent uh, episodes. God, that sounds easy. I'm really <laughs> in on that. <laughs> yeah. Let's do that. That's a great idea. We should oh, do God. silent cuts on Patreon. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Like the way we did the the version of the They Live episode. Yeah, which got mostly just people posting in the Reddit, what is this and what is going on? <laughs> I just think every, I don't understand. every week on Patreon, we should post the silent cut. And it should be the yes. exact same runtime as our main feed episode, but with no audio. <laughs> All right. Good. I, I think that's good. Funny. I think that's good. Zach, you're a prince among men. 
Thank you. You're one of the best people out there. On the planet. Hey. Love that. You know, Zach, we exist in a world of, of, of bitter, angry, jealous people in this industry. Everyone's sure. Everyone's angling, trying to get one over on the other person, trying to get the big job. Sure. I, I can think of very few people where this is the case. I do not know a single person who is not thrilled for your success. In <laughs> That's our world nice of like bitter comedy people, they don't know that I uh, stole all my performances from the Beatles. Well, <laughs> that's true. And you have to. Are you going to confess it now? Yes. In front of everybody. Yes, I for, have to. We're going to put your wife on a big screen behind I'll, you. I'll be releasing all my bits for free <laughs> in the timeline. In the timeline you're Uploading from, the, that only you like remember. The Beatles were the best Herald team of all time. Uh huh. And they you saw all of their performances on Herald Night, and, and I remember had to memorize them. them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you're the best. Severance is coming out sometime. Sometime, season two. But go watch season one, mm-hmm. The Great American Baking Show. Yes. Yeah. The, the, the main season will also come out sometime. Yeah, <laughs> um, baby. Check that out. But the holiday special is available. Cool. Uh, that's pretty much it. And hey, I got a thing I want to plug. You coming back on the show again. Oh, yeah. Keep your eyes peeled. Yeah. Because uh, we got to make up for lost time. Yeah. Come sure. back anytime. Yeah, I'll do yesterday guest. again. That's we'll, fine. We'll have you come on again for yesterday. Uh, thank you for being here. Yeah, it was um, great. And thank you all for listening. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you to Marie Barty for our social media and helping to produce the show. Thank you to AJ McKeon, Alex Barron for our editing, Lane Montgomery and the Great American Owl for our theme song, JJ Burt for our research, Joe Bowen, Pat Rounds for our artwork. You can go to blankcheckpod.com for links to some real nerdy shit, including links to our Patreon, Blank Check Special Features, where we do film series, such as Planet of the Apes, and stuff like the Buster Keaton short films we just talked about. Tune in next week for Three Ages in Our Hospitality. And as always, in this universe, do cigars exist? What song are you going to sing? I don't, I don't want to. Come on. No, don't do it. Do something. Do whatever you want. She loves you, yeah. But, you know, she podcasts <laughs> you, yeah, yeah, yeah.